0: Wrestling Federation, for over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment.
1: Welcome to Scott and Paul's Travelling Podcast. Hello. Scott's out here, and there's always a good friend and co-host, Paul Brown. Hello. You're not high this week. Well, I'm not high. Well, yeah, but not as much as you were last oh, week. Oh, hell no. no. No, no. No, I was no. really high last week. No, yes, you were. That's yeah. <laughs> because I wasn't high with the amount of smoke going around. <laughs> so much smoke. one of these days, one All of these... Many times I've come up here and you've been me and while I don't smoke in my cell, I don't... I'm not, not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you not we we'll more get to your house, you do what you want. Yeah, su- you, can,
2: you can get contact highness.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm surprised I've never gotten that. Or maybe I haven't, just haven't noticed it. Maybe may, I don't. You may have. Because I don't know why I'm like being high and until I get high. Now, how would I know if I'm high, if I've never been high? Hmm? Because you've been high. It's, it's, a, it's a very philosophical start to yeah, in your you house podcast. Been too, to- you've been too high to realise we you're high. Because hmm. people have stereotypes about how people act when they're. Uh, I know how you get all philosophical or you if that stupid, or in Paul's case, yeah, you talk shit like you did last week. Yeah, You yeah. don't have to wear a bit of shite. Oh, I did, I did. Well, we're back talking wrestling this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah We've got some cameras we, we, well. talk, we talked
2: a whole of the shit before we started our recording Well, we were talking about that fantastic movie, The Gentleman. Forward, oh, it's a hell
1: of a family. If you haven't seen it... Gary Ritchie, I think, directs it. Yeah. Is
2: that just out this year? Or no, it was 2019. 2019 it was. Yeah,
1: yeah. I remember seeing, all, seeing it, obviously, when, I think it was either late twenty or some the start of 2020, but I remember seeing all these trailers I never got to watch it, but then saw it on streaming. I it wasn't was on Netflix originally, it. I watched yeah. it, loved it, and then it came on to Netflix, I watched it again.
2: Oh, we Myself and Brian, we watched it first time last <laughs> night, and my God, what a movie. What a movie. You know, like, there's not one one there's not one person in that movie that does not mm-hmm. put on a stellar fucking performance. I, I absolutely agree. You know, absolutely fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. And
1: the way it's structured, the way all different stuff happen at different points in time, but it's all put together. Yeah, well, it's, it's like, like a
2: classic classic r- guy Ritchie setup, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean there has been a few guy
1: rich movies yeah.
2: where I, I thought were quite frankly a lot of shit.
1: Yeah.
2: A layer cake being a prime example. <laughs> I think that's a pile of tosh, man. But then like, again, the main problem with that movie is if I of every horrible movie had Daniel Craig in it and yeah. he's a dick end
1: he does he does so. do well this whole like investigation or something to do with the crime and that because he directed those like Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies and everything yeah, yeah. and then also those films always just like ah oh, I figured this out oh well I've known how long here's here's a quick tag of how I figured out here's picked yeah, yeah. up that you didn't notice
2: no I I mean Guy Ritchie I, I love with classics you know I love yeah. Snatch I love Lock, Stock. Uh and i Fucking lovely gentleman, yeah. You know, I think that's it with three,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, like it's one of those. I don't know if you had this when I, when I saw it, it was on Netflix. You ever had this where well, I think it's like just over two or so, hours, uh, this movie and it really flies by when you watch it. But like, you remember when to on you, you see it, and like, I can't, I don't have time to watch this whole film, watch a little bit of it. <laughs> and I sat there, it was late at night, and I was watching, and I realized, like, Jesus, I've watched nearly an hour and a bit, hour and a bit nearly of this. Like, geez, how yeah. much of this have I watched? I should. If you really turn this up, and just you enjoy myself. Get like, well,
2: you, just, you get locked into a movie sometimes. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, you get like that sometimes, like, I've watched The Green Mile, like, a bazillion fucking times now, i seen The Green Mile, very sad movie, very mm. gripping, but, that movie is just over three hours, but sometimes when you watch it, you just, you don't realise it when you've been sitting, you know? yeah. because you get so... Locked into the movie, you
1: know. If we both open our hands. I'll just say like cheers to oh, you in. as we start the podcast.
2: And I, I will mention the fact that I'm wearing that lovely Owen Hart tributary t-shirt you bought for myself.
1: Did we even mention that I bought you that? Like, because when I came up to give you, we didn't, We weren't even recording I, that. I, day. I
2: thought we had, but no, you were you were a very awesome colleague and friend and bought me this awesome Owen Hart tributary AEW t-shirt.
1: Yeah, I, I bought... I bought myself one of those AEW t-shirts I've come out about Owen Hart because they're doing the Owen Hart tournaments coming up. Yeah. And then I thought, fuck it, oh, Paul really likes Owen Hart. We've had many discussions about it very much. We love Owen Hart. We do. I'll buy one for you. So I did this whole, I had this whole plan. I had it planned in my head. I came in, I'm wearing the shirt, and I said to Paul, I had this whole thing, I said, enough is enough, I'm pretty And unzipped my shirt, there was, the, <laughs> I was like, there was the shirt there, and you're all coming. Cool. I bet you wish you had one of these, and I went, aye, and I threw it at you, like, here you go. <laughs> that would have
2: been cool, man. That would have been cool.
1: That's what happened. Also so high, you can't even remember that, how it happened. Yeah, I was so high. I was. I'm just a teeny, teeny, teensy, tiny, tiny bit high. Yeah, but, uh, your memory can be very crap. Uh, oh, your your memory goes through ebbs and flows. sometimes you see, that's mainly due to the drinking. Yes. And maybe it's so, the detail you can remember certain things, and then there are some things like, what happened there? I'm,
2: a, I'm a jack of many vices. <laughs> After of fucking
1: none of them. I- I am so <laughs> I love how I'm offended you go I I am so I I wounded Five minutes into it in your house buried alive but well, I guess hope you haven't turned off.
2: <laughs> well you may turn off when you go review. Uh it's a it's a it's a it's a very um I wouldn't say poor as I said, but a very subdued pay per view, yeah. I think. Very subdued and surprisingly short, I find. Yeah,
1: the whole pay per view, like, I mean, it went an hour and 50. I mean, yeah. compared to modern pay per views, like this year's WrestleMania, I was like, cross two nights, I'll probably still be seeing a I'm really they,
2: looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, and they insist on doing two hour pre shows still. And yeah. And like, well, that time, like, compared to that, then yeah, fine, Is that uh, this weekend? Next weekend. Next but weekend. It's, weird. it's one of those things where it suddenly felt like it snuck up on me, or was said, oh, well, it's next weekend. I'm like, it is so. We, we have we WrestleMania see. next weekend. When is uh, Impact Rebellion? That is on the twenty third. And I found out I'm in Manchester the weekend of the- oh, yeah. stagged, uh, nice. go- that. Oh yeah. Nice. Who's like My friend Stevens. I leave- we leave on the Friday, come back the Sunday. So on the Saturday, uh, and my brother. I do,
2: offer, do offer your friend my congratulations.
1: Oh, his, 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 we should have already had this. He's his wedding like, should have happened oh, last yeah, summer. Yeah. Does he smoke? Don't think... No, he doesn't. No. Oh, shit, because I was going to
2: say you give him some filter tips <laughs> as a wedding gift. Does is woman smoke? Don't think she does, no. God damn it. Well, you could give him some filter tips and give him something to do once they're married. They could, you know, take it up.
1: <laughs> you know, like... So, yeah, their wedding should have happened last week, but Stephen is our resident. He's the guy behind ESSR that I mentioned before, right? Yeah. And I said to him, up because he was him who pointed out that that's what was happening. Uh, and I said to him, like, I don't suppose Stephen would be up for us suggested lads, why don't we stay in the night and watch Impact Rebellion on the laptop? I imagine he'd tell me to fuck off.
2: Yeah, he would. He would.
1: <laughs> no, it was funny, my brother I can't remember what he had in I think it was December something was on, but someone got moved. He he and uh, his girlfriend I call he we were meant to go see Blondie in December, nice. November time. They got moved went, oh, I was moved to next year. I went, Where is it? April and then the date that happened, like, Gross, you know that's the date the side day, don't you? Like, Oh you bastards <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you can't watch Rebellion. Ross can't go to the
1: Blondie gig. Well, I can watch it when I get back. Ah, well, he can't go to the Blondie gig twice. Yeah, but like, uh, what's well, what's well, seems Like Impact and AEW takes AEW seem to happen on dates where I've got someone on because the night of Bound for Glory, my brother's my brother's fiance, her younger sister had a birthday party. I went over and then I see my brother's, And the next day, while we're having lunch, we watched Bound for Glory. Yeah, and then. The day I, the day before Revolution my brother had his uh Palace, so I stayed on Sunday to watch that and now rebellion's coming up and I've got yeah. <laughs> so much happening many weekend i probably won't get it watched until yeah, after yeah. me because uh I want to watch the multiverse of match the impact show. Will that be on uh, on the thing I watch mine? My... Probably, Some yeah. Oh, awesome, I think awesome. I think the are is a fate to because it's part of WrestleCon but I they, I'm sure it'll be on Impact thing and so by extension on that one that you watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Ring of Honor. We've got their show, Super Card of Honor. And New Japan's doing a show uh, called a Lone Star, I think it's called. A whole, a whole plethora of <laughs> wrestling choices. There's all like, oh, that Zicky Dice is running out, running his show. He The Outlandish Paradise 2, where Masha Slamovich is being advertised to fight a bear.
2: Masha Slamovich is cool, man. I got
1: checked. Like chick. <laughs> I just, I'll ever hear someone fighting a bear. I'm thinking of that bit with Will Ferrell trying to fight a bear in semi-pro.
2: I've never seen semi-pro.
1: <laughs> it's alright. It's have not you a, seen Old School? I
2: have. Isn't that a good movie. It is a good movie. Don't you feel bad for a big dude when he when he when when his when you... his car battery goes down? That stank. Yes. <laughs> Don't you feel terrible for him?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm glad it's happened to him, not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt terrible for old blue. You're my ba, Blue. <laughs> you're my bad, Blue. <laughs> See, I like just the fact we've we've not even gotten to the show yet. I mean, you've mentioned it, but, like it was an Iron Fifty, and I think. This review on this podcast will probably be longer, I even could tell before we even recorded, this will be longer than the show itself, yeah, even if well, by a minute it will do, be longer. Do
2: tell, and since we're kind of getting into it, um, do you know the
1: statistics
2: for this one? The I, buy I, do. Rate?
1: I do, I do, I, I always come prepared, you know me. I do you know you, mean. Scott, well do tell. What is I, the- I'll, I'll get to that, I think, but I was going to say, <laughs> and fifty, and I we, we discussed it before and I wasn't sure where you were going to stand on this, but I remember watching this and I'm like, it's not as if I was having a bad time watching because I was enjoying hmm. aspects of it. I just really think that we got used to a really low quality of some in your houses for a while. Yeah. It was like yeah. It was like a good match coming out and like, oh, this is bad. Oh, look, here's Sean V. Diesel. Here's Brett V. Yeah, yeah. And things like that. But then we, we kind of went up a up step in quality. Yeah, with and 9 what, and 10. Yeah, with 9 and 10, with International an Incident, and then. Uh, main games, games. Yeah. those were quality ones oh, yeah, now we come yeah. to number 11 and, especially
2: uh, the main event in main games that was a really solid main event for the time period yeah. Yeah,
1: so other than the finish I could have the finish is the only thing I would have changed about that match I mean I know the whole thing with Tega that feud's still going and yeah, all these yeah. feuds going on but like a match that good deserved somewhat of a clean-ish finish a qu- yeah, yeah, but yeah, at clean least ish. deserved to be a pin or submission I know by the run-in DQ all that Yeah, because it was a tw- I mentioned the time, but it was like 20 odd minutes it nearly, did. and like, you
2: It Ma- did annoy me a lot in that time period, like when you when you had that a few times, you had like, a really solid, maybe 15-20 minute match, and then the finish was always really poor, like you say, like a run-in or DQ or some kind of silly shit like that
1: Like I think if a match passes a certain length of time you can't. You shouldn't do a DQ No, it like, should like, just be like you like, say. Pass it, maybe past the 15-20 minute mark, even that's when you shouldn't do a DQ, because the longer you let people invest in a match—the more disappointed they'll be if the match ends in yeah, a DQ. I think in
2: that regard, it should be something like it should be a submission or a solid like yeah. one, two, three, like 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 a heavy like a, yeah. a hard move like a power slam or
1: yeah, or like, even if it's like basically like yeah, like feet on the ropes when you get the pin, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's cheapish but you know, it's still, for it's the still people it, Involved
2: and it can it can further like a feud or a story or some sort of thing.
1: Absolutely. Right? So that aside, uh, so you can tell how much we enjoyed that one more than this. So, <laughs> so then you have this, and I have, uh, I have opinions about the main event. I don't think I've let I've uh, mentioned before on this show or to you. Yeah. I have opinions about the main event. I've never well, main event in this before. one or yeah, yeah. main event this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I'll talk about when we we get there? Oh, was uh buried alive, right? It's well, it's that was alive. A, a buried alive. This, life, is, this yeah. is buried alive. Yes. Good God. It's in the title, the first ever. I know, alive. I know. I just, you know, I'll, I'll get it out the way here. By the way, Vince McMahon makes so many like mentions uh, at the start of the main event. by saying the first ever unsanctioned match. You mean, and he mentioned that. Yeah, I know. I on on that. My, on uh, as well. Just <laughs> say this match is unsanctioned. That means we don't have we we take we forego any responsibility for the fact that someone's gonna die. Basically, we're gonna bury them alive. Yeah, but we're not gonna, we're not taking any responsibility. We're just gonna promote it put it on pay-per-view, advertise the shit out of it, have a gravestone advertising the match on our walkway for four weeks of Raw. Yeah. Well, we're not going to section it, but nah. we are going to push the hell of it and say watch it, but it's not our fault what happens. Yeah, totally. <sighs> T- typ- typical Vince McMahon shenanigans.
2: Yeah, just say, first and foremost though about this, uh, you can tell me the buy rate and all that crap in a minute, right? But the one thing that really bothered me about this pay per view.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I never did like first and foremost, I never liked the whole heel JR angle, right? Yeah. Never liked that. But the way they were kind of pushing it in this pay per view with the whole like yeah. malfunctioning headgear and then all that kind yeah. of crap and then having JR come out in some segments and basically hijack an interview segment. Yeah. It seemed really it seemed really cheap, really yeah. poor. But like yeah. The
1: way he's blatantly saying that Vince is the owner of the company and yet so many documents like oh when Vince was finally revealed in the wake of the bunch show are like JR's blatantly telling you about yeah. it like, I know you don't want to think of JR which is probably why you don't remember but like listen to the man the man's not exactly got a voice it doesn't the man's voice tends to travel even when he's speaking quietly yeah like, what do you
2: say Like, this, this is the man that fired me twice
1: yeah or like in his initial heel promo when fake razor comes out yeah which by the way, I'm shocked that fake reason were not wear a bigger part of the show. They just appeared behind JR during during like American Online or Superstar <laughs> Line segment or whatever it was. Yeah, I've seen that. I'm surprised. I think they, they do wrestle on uh, It's Time. You they know, do? Yeah, they do. Which is weird. So I can't, can't wait to cover I that.
2: As a team, we did have a tag title match. Again, was that against Bulldog? On on? Yes, it was.
1: <laughs> yeah. What, I don't know why. What was that at? That was at It's Time.
2: Oh, that was at It's oh, Time. Oh, right. So I
1: can't wait to talk about that next time. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> That'll be the tagline for the show. It's time to
1: talk about that. That
2: which is it's time
1: to talk about Rick Bogner. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Rick Bogner. And, and, and I feel bad Rick Bogner, DDS. I feel bad that after, so soon after Scott's passing we're having to talk about some guy unfortunately oh, having to step into his shoes. I was
2: I was hoping you wouldn't mention that that was quite sad for me during the week that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know it's, it's a big, I think we should talk because we talked about Scott Hall as Razor Ramon. Yeah, like when we covered Back to the Beach at one but, point, talking about the. I mean, ta- NWO. talking
2: about Scott Hall just in general. From what I've been hearing, yeah. like um, like certain wrestlers talking a bit about their interactions and all that. He was a really stand-up <laughs> guy backstage. He was, he was never a prick. Yeah, like you know, I was reading. Uh, sorry, to cut you off. Whatever, no, 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 but no. um, I was reading uh, Jeff Hardy's yeah thoughts on him. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about his first uh, match in WWF. Yeah, when he was sixteen years old, <laughs> and he said, "Like if you watch that match back, and I watched it today, just for fun, yeah. you know, like like a match." But um, as he's talking about that match, he talks about how with, with chops and whatnot. You've yeah. seen a match. Razor wasn't taking it easy on him. <laughs> no, He, I he was, he was like, I think Razor had that old school actually, Like, this is your first match. Let's see what you can. Let's see what you can take. I mean, yeah. Razor, Razor roughed him up a bit yeah. in that match, and apparently he went backstage. He, he actually, due to that <laughs> match, apparently he went and had a, a notion like, um, shit, I'm not cut out for this shit. <laughs> yeah. And apparently Razor went backstage and was like, I'm sorry, man, like, I'm just, just just checking your metal, you know what yeah. I mean? Just testing you a bit. And apparently Razor spoke up for him, and yeah. I think for Matt Tane, saying these guys can go, give them a, yeah. a shot, you
1: know? Yeah, because a lot has been said to a lot of. Has- Stuff that's not true, some of that maybe is true yeah. about the click and everything, but I do remember that story because I remember Jeff came in as a head town He got even got only reason he got in because he lied about his age, yeah.
2: What is he? Say? He was 18 or something, something like
1: that. And then he didn't have a, he didn't wrestle with Jeff Hardy. Then he wrestled Jeff as Jeff Hardy after that. But we, I can't remember what name he wrestled, but the name he wrestled was the name of the guy who was meant to wrestle Razor. But the guy basically chickened out of the match with Razor because yeah, yeah. he was too scared of taking the Razor's edge. So Jeff was, Jeff was like. Even then, taking risk. like, fuck it, I don't give a care about my body. I'll do uh, it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> also, I think, remember that time Matt debuted on Raw I had not know first match was getting battered by Nikolai Volkov. I, I watched
0: that today
2: <laughs> as well. Do yeah. uh, f- you know, for a, for a second, it took me a while to realise it was Nikolai because he didn't have a shaved head. Then I went, I said to Brian, he would... I went, he looks like your mental uncle. <laughs> and I didn't mean Brian's mental uncle specifically, I meant like, nah, like just, just, just generic, ge- generic mental uncle. Mm-hmm. No, a good cunt that was yeah. always like, ah, go, never eat, you can never charge a beer, go and have a, have a beer. I think
1: it's important we do that as well because we talked to him a lot. And yeah, uh, despite the fact that supposedly his father's like, or the end of your own, it's always about Batsy's politics, he still seemed like somebody who tried to go his way, especially in his older youth, to help younger guys. I he think, really did. I think your stories of Scott. Basically, a lot of the time he heard how people thought about him and taking him as a backstage. So basically, he just chose to play it up and try and take the piss out of people. Yeah, yeah. But was, I like was, going out people and going, oh, what's your finisher? Can't wait to kick out of it. No, he was, he was a really <laughs> solid
0: dude, apparently. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I would love love to have met him just
2: as yeah, a fan, you know
0: what I mean?
1: He seemed like a cool guy. Yeah. So, and I think the field is important we do talk about because we talked about Razor Ramon a lot as part of the nurses in the early days, how oh, insanely hell yeah, hell yeah. over he and was. how
2: insane, how insane, it, I think we talked and all about how insane it was, like he was involved in so many Royal Rumbles yet was never actually a participant in a Rumble.
1: Nah, but he did win their, the WCW version of the Rumble, the World War 3 in yeah, Seven, I think that. it was. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is bizarre. But was
2: that, was he was he still a member of the original
1: NWO then, or was he Wolfpack? Brother? No, he was NWO by that point. Yeah, the Wolfpack wouldn't come to like late ninety eight. Yeah. What, apart- was it, what was it?
2: Hollywood NWO? I,
1: Hollywood. I think he went away for because he was starting to have his rehab and everything yeah, like yeah. that. Because uh, I remember, I don't know if you remember Louis Piccoli. Yeah. I think he passed away and. It's said that in when Scott fell the wagon apart, that might have been because of Louis' passing. Louis' passing, Cause yeah. Because Scott like, was try to take him under his wing, and then that guy close to him passes away. Yeah. Like, it really affected him.
2: Well, they say that can happen, especially like, like they say that can happen with a lot of wrestlers because yeah. a lot of wrestlers have a strong mm-hmm. bonds. you know, they say that could, that could have very well been the trigger for, the mm-hmm. unfortunate. Benoit and yeah, you know thing with Eddie, yeah, a lot of people say he wasn't it, the same. And you know, it's it's hard when you even on a podcast when yeah. you're want to discuss that. You're yeah. never really sure how to approach that. You know what I mean? But yeah. we do say that like, Eddie's passing had a major effect mm-hmm. on his
0: mm-hmm.
2: his emotional state. You know,
1: I I, I I've heard it as well. They talked about a lot in, in
2: the dark side of the ring and everything. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched that yeah. dark. I think I've watched that Benoit dark side of the ring. I think twice. Mm-hmm. And you know. It was just as hard to watch that the yeah. second time as it was the first time. Yeah. That was really quite a quite an intense episode. Yeah. Well, same with the one I watched on uh, uh, Chris Canyon. Mm-hmm. What's that one. That was quite intense too. I, I didn't even realise he had such a close uh, working and personal
1: relationship with Father James Mitchell. Yeah. You know? That was quite a thing. Uh, but like, the thing with called, yeah, I think in early in the, as the wolf batting was happening, he was kind of in and out of, of rehab, Yeah, you trying know to get what, better. Was It alcohol. Yeah, I'll do. i go that. They said though when they did that angle in the year when he was pretending to be drunk, cause, and they played as a storyline. He said, "I never. I was never actually drunk on TV." Yeah, I was. I, I was never. It was, was always apple juice or whatever, and that. Uh, and but like he went away as the Wolfpack thing happened, which uh, there's a whole other thing. I'll well, discuss later episode maybe. But supposedly Scott Sean Walton's firing had a part to play in the N.W. eventually splitting. Mm-hmm. But anyway, oh, so, was that when, uh, when,
2: when six became X
1: part? Aye. Uh, Right, uh, because reference, Hogan references it onto you, saying, No, your buddy Six couldn't cut the mustards around here. And a promo off with Kevin
2: Nash. Let's not even, let's not even get down that road, because you know if we get yeah. down that road, we'll start ripping the fuck on Hogan.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, we are in a period of time in the WWE where WWE and the WWE are really kicking their arses, but, like, so Hulk goes away, turns back and the tease, oh, he's back with Matt, he's buddy Nash, the Outsiders a wolf part. And he turns out like, no, fuck you, I'm in Hollywood, and that starts to feed between the two. yeah, yeah. Then I mean, you know how many,
2: how many weeks was it? That WCW well, ran roughshod over WWF.
1: it It's in eighty three, Even even though there was one week where they were where they had to move to a Tuesday, but I think when it came out that the Tuesday rating got a higher rating than the Raw did unopposed, opposed yeah. they counted that as a week in a row that it happened.
2: It's quite amazing, isn't it? Yeah. because I mean, and we're we're doing the thing we mm-hmm. do. We're we're rambling off off course here, but yeah, as you do, but. It's quite amazing to me because, like I said, I grew up watching the tapes, reading the magazines and yeah. shit. And to me, yeah. as a WWF fan, yeah. you know, like, I looked at WCW and I was like, <laughs> you know, like, fuck that gay shit, man. I'm not watching that crap. Yeah. The only wrestler that even remotely
1: interested me at the time was Sting. Mm. Oh. I think I think like a big thing be about, I always a bit like they got a whole, I think that went... You they, you know you wouldn't know about it unless you heard these stories. But how much he loved movies and how that influenced, him, like Scarface. And, yeah, yeah. and, the one, and then and he just thing, seen the crawl. And he said, "Hey man, I've seen this thing." And he told. He said that uh, I can't remember. I think he was, he was talking about this cream of wheat soup they used as when a segment where he was doing the algos alcohol, and going had to throw up. Yeah. And he talked about it, he goes, "Oh yeah, because I remember I heard about the movie Exodus and they said that's how they got the vomit." in that scene, so I said to him, "Why don't we do this?" So like so many things from outside of wrestling he's bringing into yeah, wrestling, yeah. even in angles that are hard to look back on, but still.
2: Yeah, totally. No, he, was, he was a great guy, man.
1: I know, and it's, uh, it's, an, it's, it's a, even when you actually think about it, even though like, he's early 60s, it still seems fairly young, but like, considering the people he came up with and the path he seemed to be going on before DDP came in, yeah, yeah, it, it's almost a good thing that he, he managed to get to his 60s when there was a lot of fear that he may be yeah, another tragic story of someone who yeah, before, before the time. Yeah, yeah. But we are gonna do in a few weeks' time a from the vault sometime later in April, and we decided to as a tribute to Scott Hall talk about his only real like pay per view one on one match for the WFT, which will be Royal Rumble nineteen ninety three. That'll be in a few weeks' time. Yep. Honestly. I've seen clips in that from the Rumble match. Other than that, never seen the movie. I know what happens on it, I know the matches. I know I believe it's the only time Sean and Marty ever actually got a fight on pay per view together. Yep. But Marty looked pretty sharp in that mm-hmm. match too. Yeah, I think it was meant to lead on to a Mania 9 match where Marty was meant to win. Mania 8 match. This is 93, so Mania Oh, 9, mania, oh he was mania, supposed mania, to fight Mania 8 yeah, and all, it was, wasn't he? Yeah, it was two Mania's that were all they were meant to fight, and for certain reasons they were not. Yeah, but no, Marty, that was the
2: only proper pay per view that Marty and Sean mm-hmm. fought on. Mm-hmm. And it was a good match too. Yeah. You know, there was a rumour that Marty was inebriated during that match, but I mean, I've watched the match. I don't mm-hmm. think he looks any score than usual in that match mm. from the time period, you know?
1: But then again, the Rockers were always part they probably knew how he did hide it well, because like the stories about how their first WrestleMania I mean, if I, saw in wrestled that match we had a really bad hangover, because they'd been at the night before.
2: <laughs> Who was that they were fighting in that one? Was it Brain Busters?
1: No. That's, oh. Power and Glory? Maybe even Power and Glory or the Twin Towers, something like that. I was going to say the Barbarian Haku but that was mania seven. Yeah. No did the first, they win that? The one the Haku and Barbarian won, I think the first two Manias they lost.
2: Yeah, we lost at Laton Towers and they lost
1: our first one. But they won again. I think they won against uh Orient Express. Mm, I think they may have actually even lost against the Orient Express. They 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 fought Orient Express on a Mania and on a Rumble, but that's we're getting wildly off topic, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Should we we'll, get, into, a, in we'll your get house? into it? Yeah,
2: because we're we're twenty four minutes in and we're just rambling here.
1: But I'm enjoying the what we're rambling, Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: but yeah, your buy rates and your yeah. your whatnots. So,
1: when you're in your house eleven mind games. On October
2: tenth, nineteen ninety-six. Twentieth. October twentieth. You're only off by ten days. Four days before my twelfth birthday. That oh. was yeah. So
1: yeah, October twentieth, nineteen ninety six. I'm only a month old or so by this point, by the way. I don't even know what wrestling is. So I don't even know what the world is. Well, I was almost 12. I'm sure you're a happy little boy. I was. <laughs> I was.
2: I was cool. Two years before long, my 10th birthday, for my 10th birthday, I got a Casio keyboard. And it it, it had um, a wham song on the, on the...
1: I had that one too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we talked about this in the past episode, I think. Yeah, we did. Briefly, I don't I know had, what about. I, we I got about.
2: that keyboard and two taxis. <laughs> I got I got a little British taxi and a little American taxi from my mum and it was very cool.
1: So yeah, it was in the Market Square Arena you know, in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I know what you're thinking and I'll put your mind easier. Or I'll, I'll, I'll answer the question for you. The arena is no longer around. It opened in 1974. But was closed around ninety nine and de- finally demolished in two thousand and one. The question I was going to ask
2: is how many times the WWF used it because I know Market Square was used a few times. I've
1: heard that name before. I ha- I hadn't had a chance to look it up unfortunately. Ah well,
2: that's one we can cover in a later. Oh, yeah,
1: I'll, I'll maybe talk about that next time. Uh not capacity is not looking good compared to last. Other few times because we're oh, uh, in fifteen or sixteen thousand. This arena could usually hold for your sporting events. Mm-hmm. And the angles that they showed, I think they put a lot of people were in the grave so you could. Yeah, see fans there doing that spot and everything. They always shot them from a certain angle. They had nine thousand six hundred and forty-nine people in attendance Good tonight. Christ, that was just a little more than half because obviously half of sixty is eight. So just a thousand or so over half of what the arena could pretty much hold. That's kind of kind of weak. That yeah, it is pretty weak. Yeah, basically given the weird circumstances around the. Uh, yeah. the stipulation and the main event, and <laughs> it translates into buy rates of a hundred and hundred thousand buys. I believe that is down from the previous one. Mm. I'm scrolling just, just up to see if I can find my notes on that one. Yeah. Yes, it's because the last month was one hundred and twenty thousand, down twenty thousand from the previous one. And in this, t- its time will go down to around 90 or so thousand or 80,000, wow. which is tied with another in your house from you I think it might have been Beware of Dog.
2: It was shit anyway.
1: Yeah, so it'll be t- next, the next a couple months, ones from now. I was going to say next month, but I forget the month after this is Survivor it's, Series.
2: It's time is the one with the main event between Brett and Sid, right? Mm
1: hmm. Oh, good! I like right. that one. Where Vader was meant to defend the title, and they made it likely because White's call it's time. But that point, but that point, Vince like, "No, fuck you! I want Sid now." Yeah, but I'm happy about that because what happens? Said Brett it. Brett gets fucked over again, and it makes me laugh. Ha ha, Brett. Uh, so yeah, and the tagline "Dead Man's Paradise, Dead or Alive." Ooh, Ooh. scary! It's got whole fingers. Ooh, <laughs> good tribute. yeah. It was too sweet. Too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the free for all, we had the Stalker versus defeating Justin Hawkbridge, the Stalker being Barry Wyndham. So, you form- mean the Blackjacks
2: fighting each other, or the new Blackjacks?
1: Yeah. Barry Wyndham, former NWA champion, former uh, member of the Four Horsemen, all sorts of things, comes to the WF, becomes the Stalker, and a gimmick called the Stalker it's booked as a babyface. Yeah, what the fuck? A, gu- a guy in fucking. Like multicolored pants, the WWF T-shirt, and yeah, he used to, he used to wear those weird camouflage people. Like it's very, it's very ineffective. I could clearly see him coming. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he could. But anyway, yeah. Oh, he thought he, he follows women home, but he's got a heart of gold. Does this, this man? Ah, oh, totally, totally. <laughs> I don't. I didn't put the match thing because I saw a match tape, and I didn't. I chose not to believe it because that's where I saw it. It said twenty minutes. I don't. I, I choose I'm, not, to, I choose believe not to believe that went 20 fucking minutes Le Stalker against who? Justin Hawk Bradshaw I mean I as just Barry Wunderman Bradshaw in a regular match maybe I'd see that as these current versions just, well Justin
2: Hawk Bradshaw i had nothing against
1: yeah but the Stalker come on yeah the Stalker was a villain mm. I do like the intro though it's not we're c- continuing to move away from your traditional <laughs> hey yeah that's intro we don't even have the big house set for this yeah, one yeah yeah yeah, it's in, like, purple and reddish lighting and talk- with Taker and Mankind talking about burying each other alive. You um, see, Taker? It's basically a similar image that they show later on when they do the promo package before the uh, event. I would have liked
2: to have seen that, you know.
0: Hmm.
2: Well, I would love to know why the new Blackjacks didn't work because I would have liked to have seen the new Blackjacks, you know, I mean... At the time period, right? I mean, if the Headbangers can win the titles, and I like the Headbangers, I'm glad they won the titles once, but if the Headbangers can win the titles and the fucking Godwins can win the tag titles three fucking times, then why couldn't they do something with
1: the new y Because, well, for starters, putting the word new in front of something rarely ever helps the work. I mean, look at the fucking new rockers. But, like, even then, I don't think either guy really enjoyed doing it. Plus, in 1997, a gimmick, like that, I don't think a lot of people were really into that. And like the only reason they were in that gimmick is because like Wyndham I think his father or, or somebody in his family before him had been in the original Black yeah, Jacks yeah. and they got Black Jack Lanza, a lot of people used to joke, Hi Brad, you look a bit like Black Jack Lanza and like that's it. You and Windham in the new blackjacks. Alright. So somebody maybe even Bruce Prichard, and Slam like they compare Brad Shaw to old Lanza, and they're like, That's it, you this is your new gimmick. Which they didn't like being in. Cut your really long hair and put on a moustache, you'll be fine. Your weird moustache, it looks like one of those like, silent movie ones. The, just twirl the moustache. Aha! need such a great eater of hair, too. <laughs> A moustache that screams, I've tied a woman to uh, train tracks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
2: <laughs> that moustache would suit I
1: did. Even though they don't He's have... Cool. Even though they don't have the uh, like the in your house, like proper house set, they do have these weird like cemetery gates, big concrete poles on the other side of them for the entrance route. Great song. And then what? Cemetery gates. Oh, I don't know. That was a song. Oh, that's a fantastic song. Who's the best song. Pantera? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fucking fantastic song. <laughs> uh, and then you got the big mountain of dirt with the buried alive thing with Taker mankind's faces on it as well. Going. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Thoughts, of, thoughts on, this, on this set? You know, I mean, when you really think about it, you don't even notice the cemetery gates until you walk through and then there's it's, this big mound of dirt. So it's very minimalistic when you think about
2: it. It's minimalistic. It's unnecessary. It's just...
1: Yeah. It's just,
2: you know, it is that era in your house pay-per-view. What can I say?
1: Yeah. I mean, considering, like, we just talked about the poor attendance,
2: It's sort of cut off, again, I know no, I do you go. a lot, but... You think about the era this in this season, like, sort of mid, well, mid to late 96, right? Yeah. Late, 96, late 96, right? Yeah. Late 96, Let's he's like, I'll send a new gen. Mm-hmm. I'll send it. And we're just about on the verge of, like, that whole, like, you know, like, what I like to call the sort of proto-attitude era? Yeah, yeah. I think the sort of late 96 into about just before Mania 14. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody says Mania yeah. 14 is the start of the attitude there. I think it's it Some
1: people say it's the Montreal all, but You know, It varies what you think of it. Yeah, about. yeah.
2: People have their opinions, you know. But I think for about late 96 until about
1: uh-huh.
2: sort of Mania 14, just before Mania 14, that sort of blueprint attitude yeah. era, because we're kind of just us in the new gen just before that era, Yeah. you know, it's that sort of like they're still harking on
1: that colourful yeah, but starting to darken up a bit. Right. So it's just, it's kind of... I mean, a prime example is, like, Farouk has a promo on this show where he's still got a yeah, fucking
2: gladiator push on.
1: By the time we get to Survivor Series, the following month, you know, the debut of the Nation of Domination, completely night and day. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I think it's between this pay-per-view and Survivor Series that we get the infamous Pillman's got a gun angle. Yeah, yeah.
2: And so so actually, it's like... We're basically we're basically on that fucking line of change, yeah. you know? hmm That's that's pretty much what it is. This yeah. this in your house 11 falls right on that on that line. On that line I think. Which is why it's kinda it's a bit
1: squiffy. Yeah. and yeah, like, but- I talked about like the the poor attendance is because like sometimes when you got a big elaborate set sometimes you have to like lose a few can just seats which means a few less tickets to sell. But like yeah. the fact that they've got all very little in terms of set out would really block your view. It really makes the whole, like, like half, just over half a 10 for the amount draw and look a bit shiter when you look at it. And aye, aye. But, I mean, there's,
2: I mean, there's so many ways in this pay-per-view as well that we could have, we could have really worked it a lot better, yeah. you know? We really could have. Like, some of the things in the pay-per-view seemed a little, like, a little, un- some was unnecessary, some was kind of stupid, Yeah. you know? But let's, like, you, the buy rate sucks, and... Yeah. But let's let's get into the first match. Me, Matt.
1: I, and I talked to you about this. Uh, we do have Vince McMahon Jr. and King turns up. We do Jr. Yes. being a heel at this point, he did that heel promo after Gain introducing fake Rays, and then Diesel would debut. Yeah, portrayed by Rick Bonner's racer and Glenn Jacobs as uh, mm. Isaac Yankum, DDS played <laughs> fake Diesel. I think shortly after, like uh, the Rumble or whenever it was, for from 97, they spend. A lot of time being loaned out, like AAA, according to Kane's book. It yeah. was on a trip back from AAA that he got the phone call about the Kane character, supposedly. So best phone call as his pro- life, probably. Oh hell yeah! But you know this uh, look, this gimmick. I think about it. I think of this. I think about a uh Jim Cornette shoot interview where where he basically slide the said that that Kevin Nash only ever had six moves in one. that was a hair flip. Like he, he told me, "Oh, I only had to." teach Glenn like six moves I'd teach Frick Wilder a lot more because he had said I watched that match like you tell me you didn't have more than six moves and then <laughs> he had Kevin asked in the piss out of that, that clip and I uh, shoot an interview he goes yeah I asked him what if you could add a seven move what would you add he goes maybe teabag Jim Cornette cornet <laughs> 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 anyway, the first match of the show, uh, Jr. is annoyed he doesn't have a microphone because he's a the middle of his heeled thing and then. You, made- know what, you know what I think that whole yeah. thing was ridiculous, you yeah. know. I'm the same about that, but uh, then he continues because he's microphone, and uh, I like to think this is part of the show, or maybe if it wasn't, they worked it in because of the character or anything, or because Jr. is a pro in that, but he said has has issues during the first two matches, especially the first one. Yeah. There are times where he is walking but the quality sounds like he's underwater. Yeah, that is weird as fuck. <laughs> or he's comm- coming on some sort of emergency broadcasting channel or something like that. I was quite offended by it. I was like, you fucking
2: mm. fuck up with Michael, one of the greatest commentators in fucking wrestling history, god damn it.
1: I think like, it carries on a bit through uh, Survivor Series when he's been a heel because we covered Survivor Series age, Yeah, so yeah. Don't know about if you want to check out. one? Yes. Love that one. Uh, main be- event. I assume because of Razor and Diesel being featured, or sorry, Razor and Diesel, like, Yeah. the Tractor Beam. Wagner uh, and Jacobs. <laughs> yes. Sounds like a really shit country duo. Big Daddy Cool Jacobs. <laughs> just that's to it too. And now on the main stage, please welcome the musical talents of Bulkner and Jacobs. Thank you kindly. <laughs> I don't know why you made them country. I don't know. If
2: you don't like Razor and Diesel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. You didn't say it, but... <laughs> uh, so I said maybe, maybe by the time... I know by the time the rumble comes around, he'll JR is pretty much gone. Uh-huh. good. But we will see JR more in future, future events, because I think going forward, it does become JR Vince King... And then post the various ninety seven Vince is gone. It's just Jr. and the King. But the first match, uh, supposedly was maybe Savio Vega versus Austin, but that was apparently entered. I don't know if that's KV or not. But now it'll be Steve Austin and a like, kind of a heel v heel match. Even the crowd are starting to turn Austin somewhat. Starting to turn. Start that organic baby face turn. No. Uh, it's a Austin versus Hunter hurst Helmsley. Which will, which will, which is interesting for a number of reasons. Not least of which, given current day, because today as we were it came out that because of his health issues, Triple H's Iron career is effectively over now. Yeah. And the fact that Steve Austin is getting set to appear at WrestleMania, which Prop, be- props to Triple H. go well, what a, what a career you guys had, mm-hmm. you know? What I mean,
2: fantastic. What sixteen time, fourteen time world champion, fourteen time, fourteen time world champion. Uh-huh. Double Royal Rumble winner, mm-hmm. you know, fucking headline multiple WrestleManias.
1: Right. Multiple time Intercontinental. I mean, I think his IT title reigns don't get really talked about. Yeah, but much. multiple time tag champ as well. He's won the yeah. tag belts a good few times. He's Grand Slam, ain't he? Yeah, pretty much. I think that, that yeah. would qualify the Grand Slam. I think.
2: Yeah, you know, he's won all the majors, and yeah. you know, he's you know he's got he's got a good family. He's got three good kids. So yeah. you know, it's at least he's he's. He's made his mark on the business. Yeah. You know, he's obviously he's mm-hmm. he's gonna have somewhat of a career in the business. I know he's in ring careers done, that's a sad thing.
1: Yeah, you'll always have a place like behind the scenes and yeah, sort of top position. the Because
2: there's no one there's no one in the business these days I think that has a mind quite like Triple H's. That guy's got a great mind for wrestling. And like yeah. with Austin coming back for the Kevin Owens show it's got a lot of people intrigued. Just to say. Mm-hmm. And this is a little slight on Mr. Hitman. Mm-hmm. But I think a little while ago, like a couple of years back, didn't Mr. Hitman scoff at Triple H's rating in a game? I
1: think so, man.
2: Yeah, Mr. Hitman, Triple H could kick your bitch ass yes, even with his health issues. Or, or the, whole, the
1: whole thing started going right because he gave, like, all, the end of an era match, I think it was. Uh, Four out of ten. yeah yeah it was at the triple h undertaker it, match uh, yeah and so every, every so often i hear people on the podcast when the geese don't have shit ring goes oh i'll give it the old hitman 4 out of 10 yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
2: oh but hitman dude you're a bitch triple h even with his goddamn heart issues could kick your ass so shut it <laughs> Triple H, all the way, man. You don't like it.
1: Don't
0: have
1: do heart. Suck heart. i like Kevin Owens, when he came, he did a thing where he came out of Austin Music, but he came out, done up as Austin, and then he did a kind of a Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart in Montreal thing where like Austin's music played again. Everybody's always coming in. Like, nah, he's not coming in. <laughs> like when Shawn did with Brett. Like, got your hopes up just a little bit, didn't I? <laughs> but it's also, I mean, not just the real-life implications of us talking about all these years later, but at the time, Hunter herself and Steve Austin first proper pay per view one on one yeah. match.
2: I know, would I thought like the, the history of these guys would have, or yeah. at the time, I suppose yeah. the future of these going to have tag champions, multiple titles, like, two And then
1: yeah, '99 like, just as Triple H is becoming the game, one of his first pay per views is against Austin, like, yeah. no mercy '99 rumble, uh, Rumble or two. Yeah, July, they had the know? three stages of the hell match, no way out, 0-1, and yeah. then at one point, the main event of WrestleMania 18 was supposed to be heel lost and be faced Triple H, but I think the injury and the subsequent invasion you kind know, of squashed all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Triple H would go on to main event WrestleMania that year as well, but, you know, I think we've talked yeah. about that before. And yeah. One thing about Triple H, though, I know we haven't done it in a long time, but I want to get back to it. The old retrospectives that we do about particular people, Triple H is the one that's right for the retrospective. Like, oh, there's so much yeah. to delve into there. Oh yeah. Both like him, Aston's career, the, the relationship he's had with the fans, how they've loved him, hated him, loved him again.
2: Hated him a wee bit, loved Never him again. again. Uh I Do you know I remember, right? Mm-hmm. When I was still like getting the odd chance to watch wrestling on Sky Yeah. back in the day. You remember when Sky had that little circular logo? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember watching Sky back the day watching wrestling. Do you know, I have the distinction of seeing on Sky Television, <laughs> Hunter Hearst Helmsley's oh, really? debut promo. I
1: think you've talked about this promo you know?
2: now. Like, I wouldn't wear a
1: cowboy hat. <laughs> I was paid to. <laughs> he's, this riff-raff in the, in the WWF. I mean, he's, su- he's such a... What, is it, what was it? The Connecticut the Blue, Blue Bloods. Bloods. 'Cause I think Vince, like, even though he would go on to have a lot, he started out with nothing living with his mum and that, but he didn't have a lose with his dad. So yeah. he kinda when he even when he became rich himself, he had a whole thing where he didn't like rich people and then gimmicks like this also he living in Connecticut, people like him in the Mean Street posse as well. Mm. We're all meant to, you know, poke fun at the people he kind of lived with in the big mm. these like well off areas and that. And so Vince always looks surreal like, like Vince clearly hates the tax man. We have IRS or but the PTC the PTC are coming at you for your adult content. Have you met the right to censor? There's one for
2: you, a hypothetical for you.
1: <clears throat> Hunterhurst Helmsley
2: Yes. against 2002 The Game.
1: Oh. Who, who well, the wins? Key, well the game would kick Hunter Hurst Helmsley, that Yeah. I mean you you think
2: of the size of Hunter Hurst Helmsley, huh, you know. Mm, like, we and all yeah, that. But then you think of, in case I mean, you forgot, mm-hmm. I am the game. Yeah. You know, Leila and denim but, but, looks, looks like Lemmy on steroids, you know I man. Even by
1: 02, that version of the game looks like he fucking ate Hunter Hearst
0: helmsley. Yeah.
2: Like. like I say, Lemmy on
1: steroids, mm-hmm. man. It
2: basically did look like a wrestling mm-hmm. version of Lemmy. I mean,
1: especially in like 05, was it where he tried to add the wee mascot? I mean, that he had the, had the Lemmy Tash, yeah.
2: man. He basically looked like Lemmy. <laughs>
1: I've got an action figure to place that had that. Like, yeah. Well. I love these Lemmy Faze, man. Annoyingly, a, a one that wouldn't, his leg wouldn't properly open so you couldn't properly get the opponent's head in when you're trying to play the fucking pedigree with that. <laughs> which was a pain in the ass. But no, we we're getting ahead of but ourselves like, again. Of the big part of this is also you hear the commentary talking about a lot. They're talking a lot about the, the fucking technical issues with JR. But that is that's right. did that take you out of the match at all? Or what were your thoughts on the first ever pay-per-view meeting between these two oh, no, legends?
2: I was, I was really stoked by that because, I mean, like I say, that's let's let's like original Hunter uh-huh. x Helmsley. And like, yeah. basically, original yeah. Rattlesnake, you know what I mean? Like... I did have a question to ask you, though, because you may know this a little better than I will.
0: Hmm.
2: You know, uh, on the network, yeah. you've told me sometimes things change music. Yeah. Well, by this pay-per-view, did Stone Cold Steve Austin actually have The Last year's music, or was he still no, using think- that ringmaster shit?
1: I don't know, I didn't even notice the song. I think he does have a version of his song. I think the proper glass shattering comes into a i mini at 13 because he does have a literal big pane of glass yeah, shatter. Yeah, yeah, it, that, it, comes
2: it in. only shatters <laughs> half. Yeah, and then he just kind of swap oh, he walks out and he's shoot a fucker oh, he looked cool as fuck yeah. doing
1: that well, I think he, had a, he started, started with this old kind of version of it I think me and Influence like, when he talked to Jim Jones about it he wanted some sound of like rage against the machine when he came up with the, mm. what we now know as a classic Austin like theme song uh, yeah I at, it was a bit of a time wasting I think because I think that maybe implies that maybe the whole Savio Vega thing was legit and maybe they did have to kind of last minute make this match because mm. it did feel like they were kind of wasting some time because you know Triple H easy the curtsy and then Austin you know gives him the finger and everything goes there. Uh, he does the two double birds so and yeah. goes there, uh, and then uh goes, that's him telling him he's number one. <laughs> Technically that means he was number two, <laughs> and then you book they both go to the outside to start jaw jacking with, with mm. fans and everything, which which did say to me that maybe there was some something within they talk about a match that. Triple H is meant to have the following night on Raw. Against, against Mr perfect. perfect. I'll come to that match again. When who I who is, I think, at the time, making this return to the ring in 96? I will talk about this Triple H Perfect thing when we get to the IC title match, by the way, so remember I'd that. I'd be curious to know if what you're going to talk about is what I know. Well, we'll see, don't we? We'll have to bloody see. We'll have to see. So, talking about uh, that, uh, I do like the talk about uh, Triple H as the Connecticut Blue Blood and everything like yeah, a lot of no good people live in Connecticut. Where are you from, my man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I'm from Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Austin does yeah, take control at the start, you know. They can do some very basic. A lot. There's some very b- very and basic stuff they do throughout the match. But yeah, it's they, very they, they interesting.
2: They it. Note, though.
1: Sorry, to cut no, up no, okay.
2: again. No, it's okay, okay. But it's very interesting. Note, though, how how much better pre. Summer slam Austin moves, yeah after his neck instant. because I think like when you watch Austin in this era, mm-hmm. he does so many more. There's so much more in his repertoire uh-huh. before his neck injury. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he seems to do a lot more, like mm-hmm. you know, like overhead things like tosses, slams. He mm-hmm. does a lot more. Yeah, he like because yeah. Austin never really. I never, ever faulted Austin's in-ring work. He was great in-ring. He was, for the fact that he hurt his neck, come back in mm-hmm. managed to turn it round and make it work for him. Awesome. You know what I mean? But, like, you think of Austin in WCW and the, yeah. the Hollywood Bonds and shit like that. He had. He was a lot like Brian Pittleman in that mm-hmm. regard. Before he was injured, he had a lot more to him. Mm-hmm. You know? It would have been interesting to see, like, uh, how the Stone Cold character would have developed had he still had that ability yeah. going forward, you
1: know? It was interesting, especially and in the. I think it kind of <laughs> sued, and in, in a way, it turned out it suit the style that the company was turned to, it was more fast paced people wanted to see, so Austin becoming a brawler seemed to suit what was happening with the company, you know? yeah. I I took the brawler to the crowd, which was the style at the time. <laughs> I remember watching the Austin Owen Mantle sometime for the first time and watching some Austin's movie, like. Oh, well, I don't know why he didn't do more of those in his career, and then remembered what match I was watching. Like that's why you daft twat. How did you
2: feel when that part came up? Uh, it was already, once a little. What
1: did look? But I also didn't want to look at the same time. Were you like me? Were you like? Ooh, one eye away, one eye looking at the road, I want to look da, da.
2: Are you not? Are you not impressed that he even managed to finish the fucking thing?
1: He, he, he I turned off and talked to the fans. I was like, "Oh, I must have, must have got him in the worst roll up in wrestling history. Honestly, I've actually seen worse." I've seen matches so bad that I've seen roll-ups worse than that which makes it worse for them because those people had full range of their motions where Austin said he couldn't even feel his fingers at the time.
2: No, I, I remember the penny he managed to roll him yeah. up and I think Owen oh, oh, Owen pinned himself basically. Yeah, Owen right. did a lot of that. He, Owen rolled himself back. Austin was pinning him or leaning against him with his shoulders.
1: Yeah. Owen basically did a oh no, I'm following. Yeah. Like Austin, what was it?
2: Austin grabbed the back he's yeah. his singlet. Yeah. And then he th- used that as a cue to fall.
1: Like, before I heard, Austin would finally say to when well, as soon as he knew something wrong, he said to him, tell him not to touch me, I'll fucking hurt or something like that. Uh, like, because he was trying to get feeling back and everything. Is that why you see Owen and he's like... Ah, he's, he's basically doing like all the time
2: waste. him out and, yeah. and shouting yeah. and
1: shit. Anyway, but like, oh man, as I was saying, like, it's very bare and very simple stuff that they're doing in this match, but I think because of the guys involved and how talented they are, they make the assemble thing look very good because Austin just takes Triple H out, and as you said, do more like the takes a hold and everything, and uh, even grabs Triple H there, which I don't know why they didn't try and make a joke like, oh, he's just jealous because Triple H can't do that to him. Cause obviously, Austin had no hair; at that boy had lovely hair. Yeah, he had long flowing hair. He did uh, he gets him in a wrist? Sean's hair was still bare, though. He gets uh, he gets Triple H in a wrist lock and then Vince York oh, starts. Sorry. JR then tries to, uh, like educate. That's called a, that's called a wrist slap, my man. <laughs> There's no names of moves.
2: A quick thing to point out about this pay per view too. Right. PCO's tag partners on that one too. I'm pretty mm. sure. What? Ray Rougeau. What about? Him? Yeah. Is he was he not a Quebecer and his PCO yes, he not Quebecer? Yeah. Well, there you go. That was it. PCO from Impact's yeah. tag partner is yeah. on that pay per view. Which pay per view? The one we're talking about. Where was Ray Rujo on this paper? He'd done one of the backstage oh. commentary parts or something. Huh. Oh. Okay. I noticed it when I watched it. That's okay. why I haven't put it up. Maybe I forgot about it. you not see it? I, I don't know. Oh.
1: Well,
2: I saw it. Anyway. I thought that would have been a, oh, that's cool, but you don't remember.
1: And they're like, yo, oh, he was on that paper. You're like, what, what is Paul talking about? Have we had a mouthful? Have we rambled so far away that we don't know who we're talking about anymore? You're rambling in space. Hmm. <laughs> Huzzah. <laughs> We're so far past the line, we can't even see the line. The line is a dot. It's a bit of a friends' <laughs> <I>
2: reference, <reckon>, right? <laughs> the talking bird was like new, feet unknown, and the singing bird was like, "Hmm."
1: <laughs> I just was like, that. What? "Ah." Well, so Anyway, but it, just been uh, as Gr's headset uh, is able to work. He's trying to teach him like, the actual moves and that and. Then, so he finally gets a bit of control where he gets a knee to the gut. Mm. which I've heard referred to some by some people as the kitchen sink that move. Uh-huh. Uh huh. it goes, it is very back and forth when you think about the, the point where oh he's gonna draw what's in the, in the in the corner but then no, actually he's got a move now. Mm. it is a very bad move. Austin does like the stun gun at one point they get out of a hole from Triple H and then so does this whole, like, the high knee of the face which become a, a staple of his elephants and then Definitely. they do the, the classic he need a break. Double clothesline spot. Uh, and, that, and at that point, they did cut a couple of things to the, wee, to the valley. The Triple H would have pretty much a different one every time it came out. Uh, and then, as he, would, as he was known to do, uh, Mr. Perfect came out, you know. I stole his valley, which was the style at the time. <laughs> and I repeated my joke. Which was the style at the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he tries to stay, like take away value, but then he doesn't really get into it with Triple H, he more gets into it with uh the gold. Cold, yeah. Which is interesting. Which I don't think other than maybe O2 when he's come back, we don't get to see much of Austin and uh perfect World. interaction. Yeah. which is which is a shame really. Yeah, he gets in his face and then as he goes to walk away Austin gets him back, he throws a drink in his face, which gets perfect yeah, all That up his chip. Yeah, get off and everything. He's getting all angry, and then he, or you know, takes control back in the match, and imagine then sees Perfect going up the ramp with his valley and he goes to you know confront him, and then Austin meets him there. There's a suplex out on the the ramp. Yeah, and an interesting bit here where uh, Austin launches Triple H into like the mental post, kind of slingshots him into, it. and then they get back into the ring. Austin quick hits the stunner, does do the like, whole kick, and he just grabs him yeah, yeah. like stunner. And you were you were saying to me you thought like how Austin Stunner was gonna better Yeah, like like
2: injury. Before he was injured, I often thought like like if you wa if you watch the Stunner in the sorta of, like ninety six, like late ninety six period I think he just puts a lot more emphasis on it because like if you watch it when I mean you remember like in the classic like Austin era, like when he done the stunner a lot of the times he would so it didn't look connect properly right it yeah. just he b- bounced them yeah. whereas pre neck injury yeah. when he done the stunner like when he done it to Miro when he done it to Hunter in this match it, was all, it always looked uh-huh. like he just dropped them like uh-huh. put them yeah. down
1: and it it looked a lot more sellable I mean one of the best hunt, uh, sellers to go back to Scott Hall was Scott Hall at Mania he just <laughs> <laughs> mainly because he didn't go down on his knees he just went I actually thought
2: the one he did to Mero at King of the Ring 96 yeah, yeah. was pretty
1: solid. But after the stunner, Austin puts him away. Even then, the, the stunner approach one and done, that can put you away. Yeah. Fifteen and a half minutes this when I know we veered off as well, but like, in terms of matches, it seemed thrown together and technically between two heels. As the no. first meeting, I mean, I mean, they'd have better matches, but as the first meeting, I didn't think it was too bad. No, it was a solid match. Like yeah. you're
2: saying, I'm, I'm happy with the result because I think at the time, Austin was more likely to go over than mm-hmm. Triple H. Yeah.
1: And then we have, uh, I believe it's Kevin Kelly doing it. He's doing the voiceover for the wee recap of uh, showing how the Smoking Guns won the tag team <laughs> titles by, you was know, just the Godwins because Billy kissed Sonny, yeah. and then it was Billy's infatuation Sonny that basically cost them against the Bulldog and all, yeah. And then... I do like this guy, like, the win, win back the belts. Bart for the gold. Billy for the girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And this is, like, this is like the first instance of Billy Gunn's severe, you know, dickhead era. <laughs> I mean, we get we get the interview. Yeah, I mean, you can uh, tell. You is can it see. Kevin Kelly? Am I right there? He's interviewing it may him have in been, one. yeah, May have been, but yeah. maybe. anyway... Presumably Kevin Kelly is interviewing them.
1: I know he was appearing on the show. Him and Doc Andrews were doing a lot of the interviews. Uh The
2: fucking Billy Gunn's there and he's like, Oh, when I go out there... And he's like, When I go out there and I win back the tag team titles, Sonny will come right back in my corner. And Bart's like, Hey, Billy. is like, We. (laughs) We'll win back the tag team titles. Yeah. Smoking guns, we mm-hmm. <laughs> and Bart's not getting pissed at almost yeah. such. As he's just going. Remember, we yeah, team, we. you and me, two years. I know. You know, but they got it there. And uh, you can
1: totally, you can play the fucking the service the, the dedication game sooner. But yeah, it was yeah. on display here in this interview. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was, it was
2: a full-on belly gun.
1: Yeah, I was interested to see what happened here. in know, rematch last last month's match because last month's match was very good at uh, mind games between Owen Bulldog and uh guns. Yeah, I must uh, say though,
2: uh Owen in this match. Yeah. Owen was solid in this Owen match.
1: Owen even like got me, to, got me down of saying that he thought that Owen Hart was over was underrated. Off. Oh, and the and, 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 and King were in rare form like agreement like, you know why because that and continuing though the long hatred with Bret Hart I they yeah, yeah. like because that brother is, he's always hugging the spotlight. <laughs> so you know Q and I go by the basically two thirds of the panel are agreeing basically like, Owen oh, no, Hart he's very underrated and then Diplomatic Vince who has the power to push Owen but for some reason just doesn't
2: yeah he fucking should've
1: but they got Clarence Mason coming in with them Just was officially the manager that came he also sends it back at main games he tricked Jim into yeah. signing all the managerial services of uh, Bulldog and Owen uh, he wouldn't be the manager for much longer because he run this time he starts becoming the manager of Crush. Just came back as this like, because a crush in real life between like when he last left at the company and coming back. He went to jail for a wee while for a few months. Yeah. I think they put, they bring him back as always. It's hard and it's gone. Really, Brian Adams. Is a crush. <laughs> I'm trying to make. I, I don't like. Yeah, Brian Clark. do my confusing with Brian Clark. He's a tag partner in WC. Oh, but uh, yeah, Brian Adams. I think he got pulled over by the cops for speeding over there and then. Only in the car they found that he had a, a gun that wasn't properly registered. Oh. So, an unregistered weapon, that's what he went to, to jail for. <laughs> but they came out as if he's like this hardened criminal. Uh, so, at the same, same time, he's managing Chris and then also he'd go on to join the nation, which Chris would also be a member of when yeah. it starts out. The original nation which yeah. was crushing Savio, right? Aye, alongside a PG-13. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we apparently you were a former tag chancer oh, back in the USWA time. Because Farouk is a man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Nation.
0: A dog.
2: Where
1: the hook did the come from? That was a wee
2: bit, <sighs> When they were still there going. Same more like Manny, like. We got a diddly do. It was a diddly do. <laughs>
1: anyway, nation of domination.
2: you do. you do.
1: Oh, our roundabout getting me sure by the episode. We haven't even got out of the first match. We got out of the first match. We got where in the second match? After. How many more risk, <laughs> Five for the bastards. Oh, for fuck's
0: sake! Right, come on. It feels Let's like we've been here forever West- already. Let's
1: get through. Let's guff. I mean. I mean, the pay-per-view overall is a bit guff, but this match is pretty good. I mean... Yes, it was. I, will, I will it's, take it's, that it's back. It's fairly similar comp, uh, they, they do a few things differently from the last time around and Owen and Bulldog are still playing fa- uh, the babyface by default, really, when you think about it.
2: Come on, let's talk.
1: What? Well, well, I'm talking now. But no, um, technically babyface. Yeah, yeah, technically. But, um... There's a quick sequence between uh, Owen and Billy to start off with Billy's Yeah, yeah. Showing off, hot dogging and all that.
2: <laughs> I felt I felt really bad for Bart during this period though. I mean and I mean non storyline. There's a lot of
1: reason to feel bad for Bart Gunn but, you know.
2: Oh, yeah there is. What's the one I always comment on? Oh Bart Gunn, what a fucker he was to actually win non staged matches. Yeah. So you chose to put his non staged yeah, company that- you went and. So, what was it? Basically, went and decided to put on a non staged event. But with somebody who they wanted to win. But then bitched when somebody who was clearly superior to them physically kicked their ass. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, what was it? Bart beat Bradshaw, mm-hmm. he beat Godfather, uh, uh, and he beat also. Steve Williams. Mm-hmm. You know? And what was it? We wanted Steve Williams to be the big fucking thing and Bart
1: kicked his fucking head in. Yeah, actually, Steve Williams' first round match that he won before fighting Bart was actually against PCO, who I joked about I every PCO, the yeah, yeah. fact that, because he was still the pirate game, technically he wrestled, he did the proper match with an iPad. pierre pierre He wrestled the match with his iPad, and I joked to him like, see, I think you got... I joked I man. I think you got the... You got you know, a hard time there. You were forced to wrestle with one good eye there. <laughs> No wonder you lost and he joked about it, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I tried to find moments of banter in PCO. He was very, very straight laced at times in uh, that interview. Was he good, though? He was a good, though. Yeah. I've, I'm pretty sure I've taken you the link the interview. Let's listen to it
2: sometime. I, 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 I have a bad feeling if I met PCO, I would Wayne's worldly guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're not worthy. We're, we're scum. We suck. You just see PCO going, You worthy, worthy. But, well, but
1: why? But why do you feel bad for Bart in particular in regards to this? Stuff?
2: Well, I've, I've, well, i said non storyline. Yeah. But I feel bad for Bart Gun because around about this time, like you say, mm-hmm. this is when the guns are getting to the end of their,
0: yeah.
2: their partnership there's not a lot for and after that point there never really is a lot for
1: Bart Gunn not much not, much. not until like 98 when he becomes the old bodacious bar alongside bombastic bar yeah yeah or but, the bombastic bar bodacious Bob? I can't remember the difference
2: but I just think they could have done a lot with Bart Gunn <laughs> yeah and for whatever reason they chose or didn't think to yeah you know because I think there could have been a lot I think he could have been a solid carder. Mm-hmm. You know, we might not wanted to push him to the big belt. I might have given him at least a challenge for it, but mm-hmm. we could have made him a solid contender, and they, they chose not to. Yeah, and I think I think if I'm right, correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I think in reality, I think uh, Bart Gunn. I don't know, what the guys.
0: Real man, real I real mean, I but
2: think. I don't know if I'm right on this. But I heard he became. Like, after the whole scenario mm-hmm. of Mania 15, I heard he became very disillusioned with the wrestling business. Oh, but he... And he went, hey, he's got a regular job now.
1: Yeah, I think he has. Uh, I think he's risen Japan for a bit. And then I think he did some actual, like, boxing or MMA or whatever for a while outside the ring. He, he tried to tempt to make another match with Bobby, but it was on short notice. i like, no, if I'm going to have another match with Bobby, I want proper team prepare, because he didn't get much of that when he fought him the first time. Mm. It, it, it was, like, he wanted to build a redemption and let team prepare, and they wouldn't offer him that, so... Never got a chance to have the rematch with Butterbean. Was that with WWF? Or was no, that no, no, it was outside when he oh, was
2: But no, that's why I felt bad for Barton. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Yeah. But it was, a, I think it was a solid match. Obviously, the two best teams you could have, I think, is like the Swan Guns were like one of the highlights of the new gen like tag year and then like yeah. Owen Bulldog were around as a pairing for quite a while that seemed weird that they didn't think sooner to... They'll probably put the belts on them, but they do end up holding them for quite a while after this. Uh-huh. I think they I think they only hold them once, but they hold they won them in September, but they think they hold them in like the summer of '97, so they get yeah. a long reign with oh, those belts. Yeah, they do. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're the only ones. I was gonna say I thought they won them back, but no, they didn't. The match I think of the tag titled for vacant, but it's a whole other thing. They'll yeah. probably cover our future in your house. But Sunny's backstage, gr keeps commenting on the how short the dresses you wearing. Like, do I catch a cold in that dress? Or like, or like he says to her. I think she, I think she avoided too many trips to the woodshed when she was younger. Basically implying her mother and dad should have hit her more. That's what JR was getting at.
2: I, I, maybe it's just me.
1: I never noticed the dress. Mm. Maybe you weren't. Maybe you weren't looking at. No.
0: I wasn't
1: really. But it was only really because like JR, only oh because like King is coming on because King is a pervert. Yeah, he is. Uh, He's you think? a dirty old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guns try work over the bulldog as you know, the bigger guy and everything I would have thought they'd try to work over our own but never mind uh, Bart catches him very impressive slam but then he goes for a crossbody and bulldog just moves out of the way casually That was casual as the old like, Samoa Joe one they used to do but it was still quite impressive Uh, uh oh excuse me <laughs> <laughs>
2: leave that in comedy gold
1: Billy actually gets knocked off the apron by Bart when he gets ripped into the ropes and then Bart you know, gets caught by a roll up by Owen Hart mice to kick out of it. You yeah. think, like, Oh god, you're here comes the, the dissolution of the the smoking guns. But- I,
2: do, I do apologize, I'm not commenting too much, but you're you're doing what I was doing earlier, going, uh-huh. you're going into it, man, so I'm just, I'm just agreeing really... with the flow.
1: I'm just talking the main maincalled- yeah, spot, like, it was a really well worked match, I don't know what I can say other than... Oh yeah, way. totally,
2: you, like. can't, you can't go too intricate on it, you know. Yeah,
1: the main oh. other thing I mentioned, obviously, that I know it down, was the fact that Jarwin's gone to it one being underrated, which we've mentioned. Well, I the one thing I will say, I know I haven't said much in
2: regards to it so yeah. far, but the one thing I will, you know, I mm-hmm. will stand by is... The best wrestler in that match was Owen Hart. Yeah. Because some, ma- some of the spots in that match, he, he did, like, the drop kick off with turnbuckle in particular. Yeah. Like <laughs> looked a pretty stiff drop kick, you know? Yeah. You know, because he, he went on to Bart and he was like, "But do you know?
1: I, I don't know what the exact words, but I'm pretty sure at one point McMahon's comments on Billy being, I think, more, I think he feels more of a or He play, implies at one point that Billy's more charismatic of the two. Because the two were really good workers, because like, even when they were in the New outlaws, Billy was always the worker of the team, because Road always had the mic work and everything. But I think that basically was the foreboding sign of how... How Vince... Saw Billy over Bart. Yeah. You know, there's always... It's a sad case that sometimes one guy is picked out in a tag team over the other. Do you know... I'll tell you something. Bart would have rocked that rockabilly
2: fucking gimmick a lot better <laughs> than Billy. <laughs>
1: Bart would um, have been a great rock. I don't think anybody wanted to be rockabilly, to be honest with you. But, uh, it does, you think, you think at one point, oh, this, this is where the tension's got, but no, the hip actually get back into it. They go, they had double wrist and legs, sweep on a o and Hart, and then they yeah. go for to the sidewinder, and I think Bulldog gets in the ring a bit too early, because, oh, I think it looked a little oh, either odd that, Either that or Billy takes too long, because, like, he's just keeping down behind, behind bar, and, like, it's hard for the camera not to spot you. You're like six foot plus 250 odd pound. The guy to fuck me. It's hard for us not to spot you. But he waits and waits. He even puts his hand on Bart one point before he does the spot. So how Bart has no feeling in that area he can't feel a man putting his hand on him, <laughs> I don't know. But basically they go for the sign. Bart's got him in position. Billy takes too long. As soon as Billy goes to jump, uh, yeah. Bulldog just grabs him and pulls him out of the way. So, Billy, Billy just lands into nothing. Spin kick by Owen. Nine minutes 17, the champions retained. And I think this would pretty much spell the ending for the Broken Guns as a team. And this will lead to the match at Survivor Series 96 with
2: Black Hearted no, Billy and Honourable White Hearted Bart.
1: I think this is this a, a pre show match they were on, all of the ends of, wasn't it? The it two, they were on the pre show. the pre show match. Uh, there was a, a survivor oh. match on the pre show, which they were on. Then they have a match on where Billy takes a move wrong and they have to stretch him out and they play it all seriousness, but apparently Billy was legit injured and they just did that and write him out but just never thought to really properly revisit it when they yeah. came back. And do you know in that Survivor Series match we get a, a rare one?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We
2: get Billy Gunn mm-hmm. against Jesse James
1: mm-hmm.
2: and not on opposing sides.
1: They would have, I mean, I don't want i talk about this pay-per-view, but they do actually have a match. Oh, uh, uh Billy Garden and Road Dog. But that there was also like, over the age in 18. I think Billy told a it, We were maybe the first match after the uh, the Owen incident. <laughs> he, said, he said like so you can imagine what well, that's like. You maybe tell till three of a team falling, but you've went out there right after the live crowd, seen a man fall, like off a to his death, and like are unsure if he's still alive, and like. Like, how do you even properly think about putting a match on after that? Yeah. I can't even imagine what they two went through. Let, let, let's not...
2: Let's not find out I'm talking one. about, like,
1: there are very few examples of them having a proper match against each other, Billy and Road Dogg, and unfortunately, one of the few things that actually did happen is, is on that show, which, for obvious reasons, isn't talked about. Yeah, obviously. But after that, you know... Yeah, I mean, RBO, and we've got the shirts and everything. Yeah, I we still wear my own shirt up here, but I think it's in the washing. Hey, you've got your Transformers shot on, man. Which I know Brian appreciated when I came up here. Brian is a Transformers man. He is, and good man, so he is. He hath the box set
2: of all the Transformers on on DVD here.
1: I he, does he? He hath. He hath. He hath them. He hath <laughs> them. <hath plan. laughs> yeah, there yeah. Um, can I have a teeny bit
2: of your can? I will, okay, I do
1: when. Ah, uh, when. That's enough. I think Listen. that is generous enough. I don't know a we'll keep that in. A lovely bit of ASMR, I believe, that. Huh?
2: Hmm.
1: <laughs> Cider. But then, I think, JR eventually is like, oh screw this, and then... Vince keeps insisting, oh, we got we got the technical fixed, but then JR has wandered off, but... Because he starts to make people like, the man there, that fired me. And everybody looks over at Vince and is like, boo, boo that man. <laughs> man. Boo. Boo the bad man. Boo
2: the bad man on commentary. Boo that bad commentator who fired me. Because he has no
1: power to fire me even though he's just a commentator. He's just Vince McMahon. Yes. Uh, also, imagine I linked Jr. comments on Vince's comments. Like, One, two, and no. Oh. Which is a, a thing he does for all and he turns to king like Does irritates irritate you when he keeps saying that
0: doing
1: That's going to be it Oh, it isn't oh, forget about it
2: <laughs> Oh, Shawn Michaels Oh, he's so awesome Oh, Shawn Oh, oh
1: I'll make you champion not once, not twice But three times because you're so awesome Vince, put your erection away <laughs> <laughs> So he gets they he basically just says, Hey since you talk about uh, both sides of your ass, you could use an extra microphone. He throws his microphone at Vince and fucks off. And <laughs> then Vince doesn't comment on what G R says. He's just all happy, like, mm, I caught that. Oh, good to it, let on me. <laughs> oh, shut up, Vince, you fucking idiot.
2: <laughs> oh, he's funny, Vince. Come on. <laughs> he was a funny guy. Yeah. But he did want to slap him a little bit. 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 But not too much,
1: so then we can click on the free for all very eventful free for all, almost as if they're trying to pack this new free for all thing. As if, like, please watch this, buy our pay per view, please. please, no one's turned up, buy it. We're only on a hundred thousand. Come on, come on,
2: we need your help. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but basically, it was meant to be a uh, Farouk versus. Uh, Mark Merrill would have been a, fine, a rematch of the final of the Intercontinental title tournament, which Mark Merrill won the night after Mind Games to win the Intercontinental title, but then it, then it was like, look well, how it cuts to interviews with uh Faruk and uh, Ahmed Johnson freaking his weird gladiator or thing, right? But, like, they're, they're talking but Vince is commenting on what they're saying so he's talking all over them so you can only faintly hear what Farouk and Ahmed are talking about, yeah. but what I did catch when Ahmed one when he I'm going to get you you don't. You're not gonna go win. Not gonna go where. nowhere, And then literally earlier in that free for all. Oh look, Ahmed seems to have attacked Fruk because Fruk yeah. said something mean to him. Ahmed, you're, oh, a, you're a fucking Ahmed,
2: twat. Ahmed, Ahmed, Ahmed. Oh, we could do a whole. We could do a whole comedy retrospective on Ahmed Johnson's time in the WWF.
1: People people say things like the rise and fall of people like, no, this is the many injuries of Ahmed Johnson.
2: The many injuries and indiscretions of Ahmed Johnson. How many people in the locker room kicked his dumb ass?
1: The fall, the fall again, the other fall, and then that other fall of Ahmed Ahmed Johnson. He
2: injured Ron Simmons, so Ron Simmons kicked the fuck out of him and ruined his push. Uh He... Decided to be threatening towards Delo, so Delo stretched the fuck out of him and nearly beat his ass. I wonder
1: if Rook is injured here or something like that. Maybe this is when the time he did injure Furuk, that's why he's taken out of the match. But yeah, he has been there. Mark Miller does then defend the title against Goldmuston. I, I think they've wrestled, I think they wrestled at SummerSlam, I didn't see that in that Really? They did wrestle, but I, I did not like this match. Really? I, I, don't, I don't mind the, I like these two, the idea of
0: these no, two
2: opponents. No, I love the idea of these two opponents. I mean, Goldust comes out, does yeah. his thing, you know, it's all cool. Uh-huh. Meryl does his typical Meryl promo at the time. He comes out with that skank bait next to him. You know what I mean? And fucking, you know, she's a bitch and all. But he, com- he comes out and he does his thing. And with Mark Merrill, like I say, the only thing that ever excited me about Mark Merrill was... Um, yeah, that's a great movie. But the only thing that ever excited me about Mark Merrill, like I say, is when he did his in-ring thing.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And he got in the ring with his title and all that. And personally, I can see why he wasn't the IC champ for too long. He really wasn't IC material.
1: I did like the role. his role. His here was very Johnny B. And the fact yeah, that he was red yeah. and white... I actually complimented the big, the gleaming white strap. Yeah, I totally did.
2: And let's like say, when he got in ring and all the sparklers yeah. and shit. He did his spin. You're like, yeah, go, Mark Merrill. You know, but the match itself, the match itself, seemed very plodding.
1: It did. It, it, it. You know. I think it did. F- feel like maybe if he did do the Johnny Be Bad thing which might be inspired by Little Richard, which is probably why they couldn't get the right thing yeah, to do. It. Yeah, yeah. And that and WCB kinda on of Johnny Be Bad. But I just feel like that gimmick versus Goldust maybe would have made a bit more sense if could more of a story out of it. But yeah, yeah I don't I know
2: like the the part during the sort of mid match as yeah. well. Where Goldust had Meryl on his ass, and he he got him for some reason got a fucking microphone, and then shouted at the crowd and threatened to stick his tongue down <laughs> over
1: their throats. I think he was trying to get more heat. Like if you don't shout, I'm gonna come out there and stick my tongue down. Like oh, get away from me, gay person. Is what yeah,
2: nice the like, crowd said. He's like where is the point in that? Fucking, you've got a guy on the fucking deck. Hit him. I
1: know. Don't shout at the crowd. Maybe he's trying to rile him up. Maybe he's like, I feel like I'm losing my pen- my powers of gay panic. Come on, I'll thumb to kiss them all. <laughs> if you don't hate me, I'll lick your face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least there wasn't, weren't as many gay slurs being stated at them as there were previous ones. I will jump up and I will tweak all your nipples. <laughs> yeah. If, you better you better shut up or I'll, I'll kiss you, I swear to God I will, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who well, it was before like, Fag, homo, queer.
1: Yes, very loudly into the camera as well. So yeah. The camera might pick it up as well. Oh, yes, yes. You had to hear the
2: homophobic ranting. The homophobic ranting, mm. the homophobic it, ranting it, of America. It didn't
1: help when he had that match with, uh, with Warrior, where he was going around the outside for most of it, where the camera was closer there with a microphone where people at ringside could loudly be heard. Yeah, yeah. But that that was not a match. That was. Yeah, I'm sure Ultimate Warrior definitely wouldn't approve of those things being shouted. Oh, not, no. no we know no, about him.
0: No. <laughs> I don't respect for <laughs> the dead everything, but he was a prick
1: he was a
0: prick
2: just do what you said he,
0: <laughs> he was
2: he was just fucking aye prick <laughs> well he was aye but he was <laughs> but
1: uh, I'm surprised I mean I'm not saying I love this match I'm not going to be all surprised that you say you don't like it We should mention Mr Perfect comes out who'd been kind of a sort of He'd be himself as a bit of an ally to Mark, Mero and everything.
2: Oh, how that would go.
1: And he did, he did tease that he was annoyed that Mero didn't thank him when he won the ICT. title. He, he said to chose to thank God. Which all, all, good, all the good that did. He? Did he? I think he did. What a faggot man. <laughs> Seriously, fuck.
2: But, and I'll go back to one of my old fucking trolls. because I'm a bit pish at the minute anyway. <laughs> I've had some bobbin and a few sidles, you know what I mean, a bit lightweight, but I've eaten very little, I've had a bowl of- I, I'm, I'm the same as well. I, I had a bowl of cereal. I I think
1: I ate some. Oh, I had a I bowl, bowl of you you you, I don't care about your diet, you what are you having? a sandwich,
2: say? but no, um, what the fuck are we talking about? You're talking about
1: Mark Meadow thinking gods. Yeah, yeah. The
2: they potato one. It's very good. It. No, that was a. I called him a faggot, but- you know, I'll go back to one of
1: my old tropes. I am a gay, so I can fucking
2: say that. So fuck you.
1: I'm not going to argue with him. I'm not a gay person. I'm not going to argue with him. You want to argue with him? You can fucking go ahead. Ma, da,
2: I have something to tell you.
1: I am not a gay. I am, oh. I am not a gay. Well, that's what you would say. <laughs> yes, they would never say it when they found out. Well, you weren't one. Yes. I am straight. <gasps> Well, to be honest, that we did
2: have any inkling. Ah,
1: <laughs> but yes, you, if you want to argue with Paul, you fucking argue with him because if someone who's trying to argue with him, not about this, but just argue with him in general, he's a pain in the arse to argue with. So I you am. go fucking head. I am a pain in the arse to argue with. I'm a pain in the arse in general. Yeah, but perfect his own commentary, <laughs> given McMahon's silly. This head's a better work. If it doesn't work, I'm taking yours. <laughs> but even there, I think. I think I kept tuning in, briefly tuning out of the match, so I can't wildly say that I, I disagree with what your opinion of the match. No, because- it, was, it
2: was very potent because it was like, you had a little bit from Meryl, you had a bit of intensity from Goldust, and you know, like, I wish we would have let, like Dustin Rhodes go a bit more in this era, because you know fine well that Dustin Rhodes, he's a great wrestler. Yeah. You know, he is, I mean, we remember like, you know, he's, I think he had a feud with Mike Foley in WCW, or something.
1: Okay, I remember.
2: I'm not sure, I think he did. I think <laughs> he was supposed
1: WCW to. WCW run is very limited, my knowledge. Yeah. Most, I, most, most I know about is that bloody King of the Road fucking match that he had. Like, yeah. on the did he wrestle in ECW? I don't think he did. Dusty appeared in ECW briefly. Dusty was did, yeah. But Dustin Rose, I don't think. No. It would be interesting to see Dust, Dustin or Goldust in the ECW.
2: I, mean, I don't think Goldust would have worked in ECW I
1: mean, they, they they put Goldust in like the the dying days of WWE ECW like note 2010 mm. but the original ECW that would have been interesting But I,
2: I don't think that would have went over well with a Philly crowd you know what I mean
1: you never know but but you know I mean people like the Blue Minion that could get over in ECW you never know what could happen with Al Snow's don't, head gimmick was, was born in ECW you never
2: know don't you mean Blue Dust?
1: oh yeah see <laughs> blue dust good work why not gold dust yeah but not many people remember blue dust I remember blue dust I remember I remember I you think, remember I think part of the reason like I said, well, I, said you know, like, I made notes of like some willy really coomers and Meryl's probably doing the arm drive the head scissors and everything yeah, his... he, got, he got a big there's a big nozzle bit of like gold is paint right on his fucking shoulder do you remember when he did the wild thing <laughs> but like There'll be points where I comment on Goldust being on you know, offence, like, throwing sort of him in his steps, but I'm like, there be points where Mario's on offence, and at some point I'm like, well, oh, Goldust is on offence now. How did Goldust get control of the match? Did I blank out? <laughs> did I blank very for a long period of time and forget what happened? What happened here?
2: I think you did. I think that's what happened to you. Ah.
1: Also, R- Lawler ro- drops a reference, to, he talks about how Sableskler had her lips or something like that, you know, he drops a reference <laughs> to the movie First Wives Club. Mm-mm. with Diane Lane, Goldie Haan, and Bette Midler. Great movie, by the way, if you haven't watched it. Goldie Horn. Goldie Horn that's I said. You said Han. Han. You should? said Han. Well, if I said Han, I meant Han. Okay. But anyway, have you seen the movie? No. You should. I will. Basically, three women who have been divorced, but their husbands were all either cheated on them or were mean to them when they were married, so like, fuck it, I'm going to get back at you.
2: Have you seen Death Becomes Her? I haven't. Well, oh, you should see that. We should review more
1: movies on this show, shouldn't we? We should. we should. We should do a separate movie show. I don't think I have time for another fucking podcast here, but I, that's why we do all these funny series. It's all technically under the one podcast, so it's easier for me to manage, but, but then we eventually do, we will do more movie reviews. We should do a movie series then. We should. We should. We I mean, technically we're doing that. We're doing a film TV series called the Eclectic Escapades. I mean, look, that's a good movie. What's that? You got? A, what's the difference? It's, it's a vampire type movie a vampire type movie not just
2: a vampire movie well not specifically a vampire movie it's one of those indie type movies you know like the guy the guy the guy on the cover here he is um, he's afflicted with that you know that thing where a guy has fucked up vessels in his fucking head and he could have like a brain hemorrhage at any fucking point you know the guy in Six
1: Feet Under I've never seen Six Feet Under
2: ah good program Michael C. Hall I know he's in that but uh, he plays a gay (laughs) <laughs> <Don't squeeze. laughs> but no, we get, this guy has the brain thing, right? And he's like, he's going on this last big fucking holiday in case he dies or some shit. And then they're in France, and you know he gets funky with this chick, and then his friends come and find him, and he's all fucked up and cut up and bit and shit. And they think the chicks just fucked him up a bit, and then it like he goes out the next day, and he's feeling a little rough, and he goes for dinner and he's eating his food at the place and then he fucking spews like exorcist style fucking style all over the fucking floor and he notices he's getting all these like awesome like non-human abilities of like, being able to punch through fucking cement and shit uh-huh. and run up walls and run faster on fucking motorcycles and shit but then he realizes he's getting all the bad shit as well like he's he's not able to eat food and then he finds that he can't drink animal blood and then he finds that he has to drink people blood, and he's all fucked up. And it's a really good
1: movie. You should try it. You want one of it? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. we talked about it, we weren't really fond on this show. I didn't realise we'd be as non-fond of it that we try and avoid talking about it or get so easily distracted. Yeah, we do. I mean, but- I mean I'm sure it's, it's better than *Summon Your House we talked about. I mean, I'll, I'll, say it, I'll say it a million times, but In Your House 4 is the standard of shitness for this what series. what is 4? one with uh, Diesel and Bulldog in the main event. Oh, yeah. Right at the bottom. That's right at the bottom. So that's it's nowhere near this. That's,
2: la- that's that bit of toilet roll that falls off your roll and ends up down the side of your lavatory. And months later, you notice it and you go, Huh, there's a bit of toilet roll.
1: <laughs> but yeah so I, keep, I keep... I mean, it's... Not bad, I mean, they're good, good wrestling. I mean, Dustin Rhodes is a good wrestler, but also somewhat limited at times by the gold character. Yeah. The there are times we hear him talk where you're like, that's not gold at all, and that's Dustin Rhodes out there. Yeah. Then go. Gold- Shut up! Then Mero does like these heads as he cool moves and that, but eventually, Gary's a flying cart does his wee flip roll through, yeah. the thick pin thing, and then small and drop, wild thing, matches over, and 11 minutes 38, which is probably half the time we spent talking about it and getting Thank- instructed about it. Thank <laughs> What's the next one? I'm sure you, you'll you be happy with this. Now, you're up time for the master, the ruler of the world. Uh, it's a Vader and a battle of. Uh, potentially, the battle of 2022 Hall of Famers because Vader's been confirmed for this year's class, but said it's rumoured, but hasn't officially been confirmed for it. But it fucking should be. It should be, though.
2: And can I just make Who a point? Who would induct
1: said, though? I don't know. Sean. Mm.
2: But can, can I just make a point here? Just a small point. It's a battle of the power bombs.
1: Sid does not win with a power bomb. I I I was gonna say the exact same thing. I was annoyed that Sid wins with a fucking chokeslam. The finish comes. It's not even a power bomb. They tease the power bomb. No power bombs were found anywhere in the vicinity of the match.
2: Not one power bomb in this fucking match. It was a chokeslam. and I don't really want to talk any more about that match than that much because I don't think it was a very good match.
1: Well, I mean. I wasn't expecting a technical masterclass or anything, but yeah, but it was a technical it was, shit show. I was expecting a big E special, the big man slapping meat as it's called. Nah,
2: it was a technical shit show. We teased the fucking power bomb for most of it. The power bomb didn't happen, and Sid wins it shoddily with a kind of crappy choke slam.
1: And I know, like Vader, sorry, jump and start, put himself on the ground before before Sid even moved. That's yeah. all. Yeah. So Vader, if anything, joke slammed himself. When you think about it, because. I do like the idea that when Sid's first problem is his big boot leg drop considering he came in, started feeding with Hogan, they kind of wanted almost to be a Hogan-esque character at one yeah. point. So Michael does commit to join commentary. Uh, Sid though, I should comment, we talk about how over he is at Survivor City. he gets a great yeah. pop here as well. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I have Vince been so surprised when, like, Sid gets cheered over Sean New Year, but I think they like, thinks, oh, it's because Sid's against Vader is the heel, but no, he's certainly, because they try to turn him heel in the lead-up to Survivor Series, but, like, and then officially turn him at Survivor Series, but, like, we are like, oh, they'll, they'll feel sorry for Jose. like Like, no, screw that old man lying on the floor, <laughs> potentially having a heart attack. Batter that weird pretty boy, Sean Michaels, Kill him. Kick Kill him till he dies. Which was the style at the time. That was the style at the time. They're going there, Sean gets in his face and Vader just does his typical thing of like, I'm going to punch you very, very hard. <laughs> which was his style at the time. <laughs> uh, there's a point where Vader goes for the Vader's a very silly boy. He does that big splash off the top which is technically called the Vader bomb and not a power bomb so don't try and pass that shit off as a power
0: bomb. Because
1: mm-hmm. the whole the pro pack is just clips of them doing a power bomb and then Sean being asked Who does a better powerbomb? bob because you're taking both? And he gets a very non-answer. Yeah, he gets a
2: very Sean on drugs in the 90s answer.
1: Yes, very much so. Sean Michaels could not be here this he's way off on another plane right now he's that high. Yeah. (laughs) Shots of little bottles of pills. Sean getting into it with King Kong commentary as well. (laughs) Hmm. Eh... Sid gets kicked in the, ball, in the balls at one point <laughs> by uh, Vader and then Vince Gerald you know, tries to do an impression of Sid by just talking in a higher voice and saying my name is Sid <laughs> and then so yeah Vader's a silly boy he hits the Vader bomb and then goes for another one because like, he doesn't want to beam that way and then he goes goes for another one and Sid gets the, the knees up goes to tease the power bomb Jim Cornette tries again and then Vader just Sid grabs the rope and nukes yep. and he's right up in Jim Connett's balls <laughs> It's much higher than it let,
2: usually is. But let Vader when Sid goes to I think he goes to Zelda Power Bomb, Vader hoof oh, oh, like that up hits him in the crotch.
1: So yeah, a lot a lot of, not a good match to have testicles in just everyone's getting hoofed right yeah, in the balls. Everybody's getting
2: hoofed in the balls. Everybody's teasing a fucking power bomb, but like I say, it ultimately finishes with a rather shoddy choke on
1: It does, and it ends in did I note down the time. How long this one? As long as match goes for eight minutes. Eight minutes. This went. Uh, probably a bit late. It probably should have went to maybe <laughs> even a minute longer than it should have. Q <laughs> five. Yeah. I mean, would you believe me if I said this actually? This this match said VV. Well, at one point we was a starcade. Nineteen ninety three, but Sid got a bit too stabby with Arn Arneson in the Paris. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he got replaced with Ric Flair. I heard that was Arn Anderson's fault. It depends who you
2: ask. I suppose I suppose. But we're on to our next match now.
1: I think we're on to the end, but then it cuts to an advert for Savarity Deed in the Hall of Fame on Saturday. Mainly on the week. I did I mean I can't it can't be helped given the time period, but yeah. I, I kinda went Ugh at one point because it showed Savarity so just shows like a big graphic for it. Because it's in New York, what's in the background of Survivor Series logo? The, the Twin Towers. Oh! And I'm like, ooh, uh, to be in the 90s and not know.
2: Were you on the bloody plane? Were you in well, the- clearly not, I'm right here. Were you in the tower, then why go, Oh
1: no, yeah. I'm just thinking, just thinking like, oh god, they didn't know at the time. Just any time the Twin Towers appear in any sort of the media, then, like, know, like in Home Alone 2 what- what- when he goes to the top yeah. of it.
2: Do you know what I think when I see the Twin Towers? Huh. And and things and that I think, not negatively. I think, cool. I'm watching a time before horrible shit happened. What's
1: well, probably a better out to uh, But you know, I look at it,
2: it. I look at it positively. Like, oh, look, that's well, nostalgia because that's the time before horrible nasties <laughs> Horrible shit happened
1: because of that shit. Remember the episode, I don't know if you know the episode this Could we mentioned uh, we reference Simpson the of times, But they, do not know if you know the episode Homer versus New York? Yeah, I know that. I, I two, know that uh, fucking thing. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't air that for years. I think for a while because of that, because like Homer, his cars parked outside the two towers, and there's an argument between two guys shouting at the windows to each other. Sorry about that. They keep, they keep all the jerks in Tower Two. Mm. Which at the time was funny everything. Like even Friends, like they were filming a season during the time that happened. They were meant to have like Chandler get like pulled aside by airport security because he makes a joke about potentially being a bomber which they take too seriously. Yeah. Which they cut out of the episode because of that and then they released it years later and say like we, we would appreciate it if you view this in the context of how it was meant at the time. Mmm. I'm just pouring myself another drink. You do that. You do that. But yeah, then we go back to these Doc Abu because they're Oh, it's all I'm all excited Survivor series, everything like and then he comes in so he comes in like he's like he's, he's like sweating and everything, shooting ball as he often. Mm-hmm. Does. Oh, mm-hmm. so. and then GR like, let me get to the heart of the matter. You you powerball Sean Michael, you said you do anything, would you are you willing to cripple Sean Michaels to get to the WSR? You damn I'll do everything it takes to make my conquer and <laughs> joking Ch- my own rage here. Just taking my joke that I made before the show that I said I was gonna use in this show, but you knew I was gonna do it, you <laughs> fucking bitch. Yes, I have stole your joke. He's just sitting, choking his own rage, he stumbles, about... like. <laughs> he, He's starting to cross the line for... soft Said, uh, I'm shouting, and I have half the brain that you do. Uh, sorry, I'm struggling with control of all of my voice. And then he ends it by saying, He is the master. A ruler. Ooh. Sid is cool. Uh, Sid is whole of fame band. But I do it like I have like, something on a line I, I only discovered because of the show Wrestling and Battles. But like at one point, Sid got a for while they were in the tape Said, "In this type, Sid, nis business, in this life, it's kick or be kicking." <laughs> that, that, that's not that's not grammatically correct, Sid. Kickin, Kickin'. I'll go back right. to the phrase I heard before. Like you said, he would think of words. The words would stop off for a few too many pints on the way to his, would, his mouth. I would love to hear Sid quoting Fowler Jacklings. <laughs> <laughs> hairy Japanese bastards. <laughs> Just down there. Sean Michaels. You're nothing but a bunch of ours biscuits. Sean <laughs> Michaels. Hairy Japanese bastard. Sean Michaels. back off. Sid, do you you think you and Sean will be able to coexist? That would be an ecumenical matter That would be an ecumenical, yes Sean just nudges him, yes Title run? Oh, yes (laughs) What do you two do? We're
2: wrestlers, Sid
1: Wrestlers? Oh, don't tell me I'm still in that fucking company. <laughs> should be playing softball. He loves him himself, softball. He does. We should mention, Sean Michael does raise his <laughs> hand, by the way. They do blatantly say that Sean prefers Sid wins the match, by the way. Yeah. Now, this is pretty much, for a while, Vader. Vader does get a table shot at some point in 87, which we'll cover in a future episode. Yeah. But, Vader's I Main event wise, he done. Yeah, he, he done.
2: done. He done. He That's did.
1: partly Sean's fault. Yeah, yeah. Although the large part of Sean's fault, but, yeah. but Sean, he made Sean, Sean and made Vader upset. Sean and Vince share oh. blame, I think, and and that. I feel terribly bad for
2: Vader because you know, I watched him on a couple of like interview segments. He was a really, really nice man. Mm. Leon
1: yeah don't come out of and say like about being a big guy you could hurt his feelings very easily he was a very very sensitive soul. Mm-hmm.
2: I would I would have liked to give him a big cuddle and say you're awesome Vader and go yeah and give him a Vader <laughs> sign yeah you know I'd be like yeah man it's time <laughs> time for you to be the champ man
1: anyway yeah now we come to the main event the Buried Alive finally, finally
2: Christ Sorry, <laughs> left pay per view sucks ass mostly. Uh, what
1: well, well, even I'm, they're laughing at it. I was gonna ask what I was gonna ask what what doesn't suck ass, but we'll get to that when we get to our overall thoughts of it. But it's only watch talking to you about it, I was like, Oh yeah, that thing did suck. Ass. I didn't really pay attention to that but
2: what? Oh yeah, that did suck ass
1: <laughs> Damn you people and your sucky pay per view. You and your thing that sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> but we, do, we basically get a very much repeat of the same video pack, like Undertaker's cutting promos with that fucking black tear tattoo in his eye. Podcast,
2: don't tell me I'm still reviewing that fucking pay per view. The
1: Undertaker's doing things we like burying game like a and like streaking angry. Like, I don't want to be buried alive, Uncle Paul. And he's like, like this grave's too short for the Undertaker.
2: Yeah, we're doing doing all our spooky, wookie, wookie things. Yes. Ooh, I don't want to be buried alive. Ah, you'll be buried alive.
0: Oh, Paul Bearer, I'm (laughs) It's
1: like, like, Sarah what are you doing? I'm burying you, but I'm still alive. Shh, you're waking (laughs) the (laughs) neighbours. This is just references galore, isn't it? It really
2: is. She just called it the References Galore Podcast. (laughs) That's what you should call it, References Galore. To cover a shitty podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this podcast is not shitty. The pay-per-view we're talking about is shitty. That's
2: the one I meant.
1: Yeah. The words, like said, like said, the words were formally in your brain, sold off for a few too many pints, and then stumbled out of your mouth.
2: Yeah, but you see, I have a little excuse of alcohol. What the fuck excuse did he have? He's Just uh, fucking
1: mental. Well, <laughs> I mentioned earlier on, I had opinions, which feels like so long ago since I mentioned I had opinions about this me have I'm not really... I don't feel like I've met, shared with you before. I don't care for Buried Alive matches.
2: I don't care for the miler if I'm honest. I nope. think they're very, they're very plodding and very... And I know I've used that already today, but I do think they're very, very... You know, we are like... You're watching it, and I mean, the best part of a Buried Alive match when it happens is the in-ring part. Yeah. But the rest of it is pish, to be honest with you. And the very <laughs> fact, like, we get... We get all the usual fucking spots. I mean, we even get a little bit of Paul Bearer interference when Undertaker, I think, goes for old school at one point. Yeah. He... And Bear kind of flabbily falls on the rope and yeah. pulls him down a bit. But we get all the back and forth, and we get Mankind doing the, a little bit of mandible, and the, the screeching they did at the time, and all that. But then we get to the outside shit, and it's all a lot of... It's just all back and forth, and Undertaker. And I know I'm being so matter of fact about it, but it really it was a shit match.
1: Like I you
2: remember know, It was a shitty match. Some
1: years ago uh uh there was a compilation on the network of like Undertaker like specialty gimmicky matches kind of thing and one of the first ones on it was this this match. Yeah. You know? And I watched it back I'd seen one or two Barry Lion matches the only Barry Lion matches I'd seen this point. I don't know if this affect my perception of the match but well, Buried Alive, matches I'd seen with the Taker, because the Taker's in every fucking Buried Alive, Life Matt. Yeah. I'd seen the Taker McMahon one from Three where Vince is bleeding all over the place. Mm. Kane gets involved, and then Kane... Rick v- Ric Flair in it. Basically, yeah. Yeah. And then Kane v. <sighs> taker out Bragging Rights 2010, and then I watched this one, and I was like... I thought, like, they're not my favourite battle. I don't mind a buried alive match. I watched this. What I'll... was, you know, the buried alive match that led to Undertaker's reemergence as a dead man? That was 03
2: because King 03. came out
1: and got involved and then came back, got hot and Kane with the lights flickering on and, mm-hmm. off and all that crap. Uh, but then I watched this match and I'm like, huh, I don't think I like buried alive match. With this no, one, this really match sucky. is very boring. Because, and, and it goes back to the same reason I wasn't a fan of when we covered that in your house that had the hog pen match because yeah. if you're going to go over to the thing that you need to go over the outside of the ring wait until the finish to go to it, don't go to it and then go back to the ring and, and then, then go, go back, back to it, yeah because they go, when the, the burying part happens, that's the third time that they go to the burying thing, they yeah, go to it's, it, They go away
2: like, Do you know what it's very like? It's like a more exaggerated laid out version of like and I'm going to use a Royal Rumble trope for this, Mm-hmm. You know like when someone's in a Royal Rumble, right, and the power wrestler has yeah. got the Scott guy uh-huh. up like that.
1: Yeah.
2: And the, the isler, mm-hmm. right, We do the thing the Bulldog done a few times yeah. where they walk to the isler rope. Yeah. And they tease that they're yeah. going to... And they just toss them in the yeah. middle. And you're thinking, you have the fucker up. Just throw him the fuck out. Yeah, no. It's the same fucking thing. You're like, why play out a scenario like that when people watching and people watching at home are going... Just fucking do the thing. Just there's a weird sequence
1: where, like, they do a weird small package thing where like one of them gets a small package on the on the grave and they go rolling down the dirt. Like, yeah. What What are you doing? You wouldn't really be able to tell the man getting the dirt on because he's wearing a brown singlet and they had no, that he's weird. He's
2: wearing a brown singlet. He's wearing brown British, long trunks and a brown. Well, the well,
1: like, he gear, well, gear's very dark brown, and there's these bluish lights shining all yeah, around yeah, the grave yeah. and everything. But like, yeah. Twice they go to the grave, no burning happens, and they go back. To and the then, ring. And then they, there's a point where they go in the crowd. Because I don't mind that if you want to go in the crowd, then back to the ring. I
2: will say one crowd element of
1: this match I did like. I did like. But like, if you want to go from the ring and in the crowd, then back to the ring, that's fine. Just don't go to the grave until the finish. Yeah,
2: but the one, the one part that happened during the crowd section mm-hmm. I really did like is the, when Undertaker just like sprung up and you know that big fucking yeah. diving and clothesline thing you yeah. That section where yeah. you just jumped all the fucking yeah. barrier and like clubbed him. I yeah. was like, Oh fuck, that was that was the only bit of the match
1: that excited me. But <laughs> the very horny middle-aged woman in the crowd. Well the that so part. Well no, she was up in the far because I just you know, seen a said to her when my said, Undertaker take me to the dark side
2: I just remember that fat chick in the red shot that kept Pat That's not Camara. a woman,
1: that's not a woman, that's a man. Because because King kept joking that's a woman. He goes like Vince like that's not a woman, King. That's clearly a man. I think oh. it was a man. So you you fell into the same trap that Jerry Low or fell into. I think I did. I thought it was a big. I thought it was junky woman. No, it was just a very angry, smarky man. It like, cause him like his pal looked very smarky whenever I seen him in the crowd. Getting did he want to punch him in the? Face. It's like stop trying to make it about you just because you're on the hard cap. Sit on your asses. Sit on your fat ass, you fat fuck. Mm. Pretty much, yeah. But there are like, moments that they have seen in previous matches by this point, but I do like the idea that they kind of started to ramp up the 496, the violence between the two because like yeah. the King ring match straight up singles match, Mankind wins. You had the match at SummerSlam the Boiler and Brawl. More violent, Mankind wins. Yeah, this match, Tigger wins, which, by the way, when I first watched it, I was surprised that Tigger won. I was yeah, convinced. me too. I was convinced that Tigger never won a Buried Alive match. And yeah, I was, I
2: was the same. I was like,
1: it got to it, and I was like, oh, fuck, he, he won. He's supposedly in five Buried Alive matches. I think he's won two of them. The only other one I think he won was he and Big Show won against the Rock and Sokka in a Buried Alive match on SmackDown, which is the best Buried Alive match because it is features... team Buried Alive match? Yes, which it features... Uh, it features... Under Big Show throw Mankind from the smackdown stage onto the grave, just bouncing and rolling into the grave. It's a hell of a spot. I'll try to find it for you cool, at some point. Cool. But yeah, so I was convinced Taker and what then it, which makes it even more perplexing when we because talk, we talked about Survivor series before and that's just a straight up singles match. I mean, I know Paul Bears is better in the cage and everything, but like That match is it's pretty much me. a singles match which Taker wins cleanly like so I'm thinking like, why did Mankind give him what happens, why did mankind not just win here? take Taker ultimate gets his revenge, pins Mankind, because if Taker keeps winning and only has one win over Mankind, which is the it makes the In Your Houses after after WrestleMania, which is called Revenge of the Taker, which is against Mankind, yeah. even more prominent. Yeah, it makes I it know. It make, makes more sense. Scott, you're not telling me something I don't think myself. I, I
2: agree with you. This I'm is like shit from like 25, 26 year. years ago, and it's still it still annoys me. It still boggles your mind. It like, still annoys you. It annoys me too. You know, it's just, I just I'm
1: just i much like you, I don't get it. Let's talk about some of the spots in this map, because there are some stuff to enjoy about it, but even though the Wait, blood uh, in. I walk into the game, all no, I'm walking like to the gate, are we got to do No, we're going to
2: that, that. That big jump and clothesline over the barrier and the, the crowd section, that was good. Yeah. That was really solid, I loved that,
1: man. That bit, you know. Yeah, so, your taker just goes very high man, and just like, starts fucking doing yeah, that. That's the, the uppercut that, that taker yeah. does. I'm programs. sorry I was so blase about it, but. No, yeah, no, no, that's right. You know, think. it's just that.
2: The match itself, see, considering the quality of the athletes yeah. and the wrestlers in it, it annoys me how shit the match is. Uh huh. You know, because I know that Taker's been put on a hell of a match. I know fine
1: well that Mick Foley can put on a hell of a fucking match. Well, they'd already done it. And that you see me here. There's only two matches when I watched Kenny the Ring Mega Six for ESR. There were only two matches I enjoyed, and one of them was. Mankind vs. Mankind vs. Uh, Taker. Mankind
2: vs. Mick Foley, that'd be a fucking It's not a
1: personal battle. <laughs> you're like, oh no! So one of them was Taker v Mankind, the other one was Austin and McMahon. Menon, in case you're interested. Yeah, Mairon and Steve Austin was good. That's good for that movie, but anyway, this match is not as good. Oh, uh, no, this match is not. You know the punch, he said the drop across the... the they keep teasing, oh we're going to the game, now we're going back down again. Yeah. Which I don't mm-hmm. like. Uh, man, King gets given a foreign object and they try to hide it, despite the fact there's no disqualifications in this fucking match. <laughs> yeah. And then probably uh, and then Taker does. I keep calling it Triple H for some reason. At this point, I think on my side room. But just go with it, man. Triple, Triple Taker, Triple Taker, <laughs> uh, Taker does uh use the foreign object against him. Man, but gets done at one point. There's the man King just got to like knee into the step. Which probably would yeah. hurt him more than you. He has a pile driver at one point, which then he goes for the pin, and then because he's a silly Billy. <laughs> silly Billy. Concrete to the concrete's exploded, they do a whole spot there. The, I can't even remember, Taker does a spot after he. At one point, I don't even know if he does a toke slam or a tombstone at, uh, after he uses the chair, because he did that leg drop across the chair, or the chairs across Mankind's face, which looked a bit uh, rough to take. Yeah. But eventually they get to the grave, Mankind gets given the arm, but Undertaker up. Uh, Takes it out of his hand, throw it into the grave, and then he starts to shovel him slowly, shovel into the grave, and uh, do, they say you know, after a certain length where you can't see him fully, uh, that's when it's like, oh, ring the bell. That's him technically buried alive. The like, cur cheers because Tigger won. Tigger keeps shoving refugees. Me like, no, I want to bury him fully alive. Mm-hmm. Keeps burying, keeps burying. Out comes the executioner, he or as this man says. Whoever this individual is, that was a uh, Terry Gordy, formerly of the Feebirds, in a yeah, I, know. Mask. I know. So we had two thirds of the original Feebirds. That guy the that show. had the, mm. the, thumb. Yeah, big Bam Bam Terry Gordy, as he was called. But <sighs> so comes in, starts, so attacks takes taker, helps mankind out of the dirt. He gets, oh, we need to help bury um, like like uncover mankind out of the dirt. So like he's bury, he's digging away the dirt. Really, he's standing on the opposite side of Manke because Manky is not bury that much, and he's just sweeping, sweeping that yeah, fucking dirt, yeah. and then helps Manky do it, and then the two of them start burying him. There's ten minutes of pay-per-view left. I know. At least just under ten minutes left, and they start burying, and they suddenly they've realised, oh shit, they're not shoveling fast enough, send out all the heels. Yeah, send out Triple H, and send out fucking... Bradshaw. Bradshaw. And- gold, dust, gold dust. And yeah. there was another one, I can't remember... Crush.
2: Crush, Crusher yeah, was Crush was there. It
1: reminded me of, like, all the heels coming to help Yokozuna kill The Undertaker at Royal 94. Yeah, just that. kind of shitter. But even then, they still took ages and ages. Oh, we were going... The final... We, least, we were going... Meh. The final eight uh. or so match of this pay-per-view, almost, are taken up by our men shoveling dirt. Like, and I joked a bit of the, of the before, about the I four bit the coffin, original, like, coffin match with Undoom Kamala. and ends, oh, he's in the casket. Then it's kind of wins taking an out of you when you have to hammer the the nails in slowly well I didn't much. like it I didn't, I, did. I didn't like the ending I the did. ending the ending the slowly hammering the nails but then like for almost 10 minutes I of shoveling God. dirt and even then they were taking fucking fire people are throwing plastic cups just like they shot shot the dirt how high up it is and then just spink Coca Cola thing, the ice spluttering everywhere. Yeah. are going, Yes, for bury him, I'll pay your will. Everything, and they bury him, and then the light, the fucking thunder and lightning starts, they all run away. Like the Ben Mike backs Run away, run away. <laughs> and then they run away, and then, like, uh, lightning strikes the coffin, and then just the hand comes out, like, He's alive, the Undertaker's alive. Hey, you're not but, we gonna kill a guy on live TV, are you? And that, and that doesn't appear on TV and tells the virus these ways in his weird leather, gossy, look at, me, I, look at me, I'm a vampire gimmick. Look at me, I'm not wearing purple and black anymore. Yes. And, and Paul Bear has to go in the cage, so he has that stupid line in his promo, I'm not going in the cage, because I am Paul Bear, and you're not! So that's In Your House Buried Alive. Uh, <sighs> thoughts well, overall? Well, well,
2: it buried my enthusiasm.
1: Yeah. Uh, highlights? Good points about positive things?
0: It finishing?
1: <laughs> it only being an hour and 50. That only being an hour and 50. Let's, let's, let's see how it ranges. The fact that we had the
2: first meeting between Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Stone Cold, which but, was reasonably but, good.
1: Yeah, the Smoking Guns rematch with the Bulldog and Owen, which all competent wrestlers, very good match.
2: Yeah, and Owen and Bart and Billy and Bulldog were all
1: yeah. relatively solid
2: in that match, I'll grant you.
1: You had... Uh, you had Goldust Merrill, which was a you had, you had You had potential for a good match. And you weren't expecting much, but you got a little bit less with fucking Sid and Vader. You did expect more from
2: that. Like, when it, when it came up and it was like, oh, battle of power bombs, you expected, like, oh, who's going to win all the power bomb, but no one I, even I, fucking was, hit a power I bomb. At the
1: very least, you expect a bastard power bomb.
2: Yeah, but maybe even hit one. like I say, we got a finish It was a weak-ass fucking chokeslam. He because Sid so could barely lift him.
1: I know. And I, didn't, I don't think Vader being as big as his would be an easy guy to get up, but at least a, at least attempt to fucking lift him, at least. Yeah,
2: or at least when Vader fucking jumps, you know, work with him.
1: Yeah, work with him, at least. Come on, you you can't tell me that you people, you wouldn't expect people to be disappointed when you build a match. It's the battle of the powerbombs and there's no powerbomb. Yeah. And then this match. I mean, there's elements when it's in the ring and fighting the crowd. You're talking the main event. The main event. Yeah. But then... It's just an... It's a, to go to a place and then throw them into it. Go to the place you know, when you're ready for the that's finish. That's the way you put that pay per view. It's not a shit pay per view. It's, it's
2: just disappointing. It, it, yeah. It's so because dis- there's so many ways where it could have been really solid, and there were some really solid moments in it, but overall it was just disappointing.
1: An example of wasted potential. I'll say that you know it's like uh, it's like an ang- it's like a disappointed pair. Like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Which in some ways is worse. It yeah, is.
2: but do you know what we take out of it? What would we, take what out we talked about at the start of our recording, the gentleman. The gentleman. The gentleman. The gentleman. The very. Do you know what is the best part of this review about in your house eleven? Hmm. But we got to talk about the gentleman.
1: The gentleman.
2: That's how much we didn't care for this pay per view.
1: Oh, oh! I forgot even talk about something that happened on Raw the next night. But it was probably more interesting. But it's not go on. Triple H meant to fight Mister Perfect, right? By the way, we passed the. We've officially went longer than the pay per view. We did that a couple of minutes ago, but like I mentioned, a new record. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> How but, you like that? <coughs> the Perfect, uh, was take it out before his match with, with Hemsley. We assumed by Hemsley. so Mark Mayo gets in like, oh, Perfect's my friend. How dare you do that? Like, and they're like, I'll fight you tonight. And then Triple H goes, Well, I'll fight you, but only if you put that Iron Curtain title on the line. Yeah, right? so he does. And then Swerve, as if ever, comes out. He's aligned with Triple H, and Triple H wins the Intercontinental Championship. Huzzah. Ending Mark Merrill's brief one-month reign as champion, and officially brings Triple H out of the dock as a post carter colony. He's now the Intercontinental Champion. Mark Merrill lost the Intercontinental Championship, and there was much rejoicing. Hmm. But oh, it puts a lot of context in, because he doesn't get into it with Triple H at any point. He gets into it with Austin, which I think was meant to be... Perfect, trying to distract Austin yeah. to help Triple H win, which backfired. But then he's out here when he's out here when Mark Merrill's out there. He's out watching them scouting them for potentially for Triple H. So there's some elements here that kind of, when you know when you know that Triple H and Perfect are aligned, you look yeah. at them a little bit differently in this pay per view. Mark Merrill lost the Intercontinental Championship, and there was so much excitement. Mm. <laughs> So Mark Bear loses the tail the next night, uh, and then we go in. Was that was that uh, in your house eleven his only pay per view defense of what? And it not title? Maybe it is only defense on televised potentially. Only probable. Put, I, cause I don't know what happens with him on the TV. All leading up to this pay per view, so maybe been yeah, 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 on I, TV. I, I don't know.
2: I, do you know what? I believe it's possible we could probably find out on YouTube, but who really cares?
1: Well, he's only, probably, he's only successful till by his defense because then he defends the next day, guess, Triple H, and he loses, and then he becomes... Uh, Where did he win it from? Uh, he won it from Fruit because the title was Vicky, because I may uh, got injured. Right, so, right. So, then, so from, you won it in a tourney. Yeah. So then also from here we go to Survivor's View. They, they do mention Bret Hart once or twice a year, so Bret Hart I think will come out either the night after or the following of the week, yeah. where they teased that, oh, he had officially confirmed that he's signing with the World Wrestling Federation. He had secretly already yeah. agreed.
0: Then, is that, like, 20-year uh, contract yeah.
1: <laughs> and then Vince is like, oh, thank God, thank God, he's sitting with the W. And then he officially challenges, Success Austin's challenge, they go, and had that match. Yeah, great season. match. Yeah. And then Triple H and, uh, and Meadow at Stavarty's captain separate teams. Uh, by the way, my he's perfect's gone. Yeah. Like, I think it had to do with all him wanting to wrestle and the whole Lloyds of London thing, but he would show up in 90, mid-97 to wrestle in e- N- WCW because they were paying him lots of money. Yes, That's lots of money. money. More, obviously, it helped cover the fact that he was losing money at that Lloyds of London policy, but really, that 5-on-5 five five Meadows team would have a special debut. One uh, would be important to Triple H, one Rocky Maivia. Oh, yes. We've covered, by the way, in uh, Survivor Series 96, a couple of years ago in our back gala go listen to that it's if you good. want if you want to know what happens next following this meh pay-per-view and then we'll so Drain then from, so then from there also we know what happens uh, we have Doug Fares and Phil LaFond making an appearance making an impact against Owen and Bulldog they oh, yeah. made such an impact in their tenure in WWF such an impact I mean they beat Owen and Bulldog in their, in their debut in the debut. that's a art, looked, much. only
2: interesting match
1: but anyway it's still a good thing but anyway after that, you yeah, had Taker, and uh, that continues the feud with mankind. Uh, me at Mayavia debuts, becomes sole survivor. Brett beats Austin, wa- earns the right to fight the world champion at the next pay per view. Uh, there's another meh throughout finish survivors match, which does feature the debut of the Nation of Domination. Yeah. And then in the main event, Sid just batters HBK and gets cheered, like, Who's the man? He even shouts that at this match, he's being like, Who's the man? Yeah. Sid was really fucking over at this point. Would you like to know what's waiting us in your house twelve? And hopefully we will be better. than What this? is the
2: tagline for twelve?
1: It's time. Oh, I know, I know. I'll, I'll, i wait out for them. Shall on I? And then go on. We'll have Leaf Cassidy as the new rocker taking on Flash Funk. That's a good one. She made his debut at. That's the right. I think yeah, Formerly two Cold Scorpio. And what else do we have? We have Owen and Bulldog. After being defeated in an on tail thing by Friends of one obviously the right thing to do is to give. Fake Razor and fake Diesel title shot. Yeah, not Furnace and Fawn, no. Yeah. Mark Mayer will look to get his, ma- his, titles, his title back against Triple H for the Two. <laughs> a match that you put on your underrated New Gen matches, despite the fact we agreed this is not New Generation anymore. I'm sorry. You're an idiot. Oh, an Armageddon Rules match. Oh yeah, that fucking The Executioner match. versus The Undertaker. That's a horrible match and Psycho said against Brit that hit my heart oh speaking of I didn't even mention the dark matches that happened after Buried Alive go on I'll get my notes up in a moment going back to my notes mm-hmm. yeah, there were two dark matches that happened after this after we'd seen a man reach his hand of the grave go on
2: then what were the matches
1: we had uh, the Godwins defeat the New Rockers in about six minutes okay and thought he was not wrestling on the paper he was there in a non-wrestling of Shawn Michaels successfully defended in a dark match the WAF Championship in 13 minutes 35 against Goldust. So that Gold- was a fucking dark match? Goldust wrestled the double duty on this show, coming back out later to wrestle Shawn Michaels in the dark a match. A
2: 13 minute dark match against Michaels for the fucking title and it's not on fucking, it's not on tape? No. For fuck's sake, Why?
1: Because I am so buttered about that. And you should be, I think. I think that would be a great match to I see. I think so. I'm sure it happened on TV. At one point on TV, Sean did defend the against Goldust on an episode of Raw. But I haven't seen that. I would like to see this on pay-per-view. Yeah. Compared to some of the shit we did watch. Yeah,
0: Fuck
2: fuck's sake, mate. I am so buttered about that. It would have been better than Goldust
1: that. versus Meadow. It would have been
2: better than the fucking main event.
1: which Fuck. means Which is a perfect way for us to hear after hearing that is news. Where does the thumbs lie? Oh, a firm thumbs down. When well, have I ever given a thumbs down? Very rarely. I don't think he was that bad to give a thumbs down. There are no. things I. I'm I
2: giving a thumbs down because I, I just did not like this pay per view.
1: I'm giving you a thumbs in the middle with leaning to down because it started out, the first two matches started out very well, I thought, and then it, it shortly went downhill, but I'm keeping it in the middle because of the strength of those two matches. See, I
2: am giving a thumb. a, th- th- a firm. Thumbs down. A firm thumbs down. Purely on the basis that if I'm looking at it as an overall show, it is predominantly a shit show. Mm. So that is what I... I can't warrant with a few matches that were good because they weren't even that good. They were just palatable in my opinion.
1: I mean, look at how much on the edge. My thumb is dangling on the edge yeah. towards the down. but In fact, there's part of me that... Did like parts of this that can't bring it to make myself to give a thumbs down for No, that. I'm, I'm going
2: staunch on this one. Thumbs you, you, down. You,
1: you do that. We'll come back at uh, some point, either end of April, start of May, for in years it's time. We've got a plan for the schedule for the next couple of months where we're adding new stuff as we go along. Uh, like after, after that. And also, I give that a thumbs down even though that is part of my collection. Yeah, I mean, you had to kind of have it, you
2: know. your completionist, I think, with the oh, In Your fuck House's. yes, I had to have In Your House's. That was... And, do you know, I don't even care that like I don't have the one... I don't think I have all the ones that kind of have the In Your House tagline in the background.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I count it as having In Your House when In Your House was, you know, In Your House,
1: mm-hmm. this, not this. In Your House. We're still going to cover this In Your House's as part of the series. I hope you know that. Oh, right? I know that, but, like... I'm happy
2: my collection mainly consists of In Your House! Bad blood.
1: In Your House, Ground Zero. In Your House, DX. But it's always, you know... In Your House, DX was the first time the In Your House was prominent over the thing. After No Way Out of Texas, In Your House, I think, is when it starts to go more the thing before you in your house. Yeah, yeah. It's on the network. In Your House, only go up to DX. Yeah. Which is weird. But yeah. So uh, that's us towards the end of uh, the show. Are you confident when we eventually get to it that In Your House It's Time will be better than this? Oh, fuck yes, it will be. As someone who hasn't seen it, I can't comment. You've never
2: seen In Your House It's Time? Most of these In Your Houses I haven't
1: seen. You need to see You will enjoy that main event. Part of the purpose of these In Your Houses is for me to watch them. Some of them, some of them are so bad. (laughs) I know, some of them have been so bad so far. Some of them have been so so good. Last couple were so good. This one, and yeah.
2: your house nine, hurrah!
1: And your house ten, hurrah! And your house eleven, yeah.
2: But fuck. Bob, you and your house eleven,
1: we're kind of doing a thing. We're kind of starting to run a theme where we're trying to if we can do a uh, rhythm thing. Help me Not... stand up. I'm drunk.
2: we're,
1: uh, yeah. we're trying to but, do a thing. Oh, fuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I stand up a little, I fall down again.
1: We're trying to do a thing now where, if we can, we can do a wrestling thing and then non-thing. We may do some couple of weeks worth wrestling, two in a row. But next week, we're doing a non-wrestling thing. We're going back to Fraser. We're doing four episodes of Fraser. Are you looking forward to that? Yes. You didn't sound too convincing in that. Yes. We're doing episodes 13, 14, 15, and 16 <laughs> of season 6. <clears throat> Paul is very excited about that, clearly. yeah, I am. After that, the Freakfall, fall. that, we're going to be doing some impact. stuff are talking about sacrifice, to multiverse of matches, which the card, as it stands right now, is looking, looking superb for that multiverse of matches. You know, one show, we will talk about shoelaces. Okay. Okay, cool. And then, uh, so I think some point mid-May after that, we'll be talking about... Uh, uh Rumble, Rumble, Rumble 93 some point in May, we have another oh, yes. classic Escapades that's finally coming back Yep. after a couple of months uh, since we did the first one. Uh, and Rumble gonna, 93
2: has some fantastic matches like Michael's Sean, uh, Steiners against the Beverleys.
1: I, I will let you know in advance, by the way, people uh, at like, some point in May, we are doing another Escapades, I believe, that's on schedule. It's going to be Toy Story 2. Because yes. it's got Kelsey Grammar or Stinky Pete or the Prospect or whatever you want to call it. Stinky Pete? Stinky Pete. Yeah. You know, I, I could get your
2: partner's t- Toy Story 3. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we have stuff that and much more planned over the next couple of months. As yes, we do. We're, we got, we're trying to prepare things in advance so we can be professional, which we kind of weren't here.
2: We plan to visit all of our listeners and give you a caramel.
1: <laughs> we plan new and exciting innovations in the weeks to come. Like our Free new caramel
2: for wind- all. Like our new drive through window. Yes. Free caramel for
1: all. Caramel and soda pop. Since we've been here officially probably too long. Yeah, we we'll, have. We will say thank you for listening to Scott and Rambling Podcast. Especially rambling today. Uh, I have been Paul. He has been Scott. And I've been Scott and he's been Paul. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at SBRANFOL. Me it's follow Rogan Opinions at we are on their feed as well. Our feed and RoganPings feed can be found on all good Android podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbee, wherever you choose to get your podcast, please give us a like, rating, review on your platform of choice. And I also like our Facebook page, twisted.com forward slash rogue. We swear at one point we will interact more on that page. But don't
2: follow me to the pub unless you're planning to buy me a drink.
1: Most people don't know what Paul looks like, but fair enough. That's a good attitude to have.
2: But I won't buy you a drink
1: because I never have any money. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. He never has any money. A no way. Anyway. <laughs> Shut up. Let us know what you thought of being your spirit. Like, are we being too harsh? Are we being too nice? In some aspects. We what are do you think, being too nice. What do, you think of the, what do you think of Barry's Life Matches in general? Let us know. Yeah. Are you a fan of Frasier? you will be looking forward to next week's episode. And also, if you haven't changed out our previous In Your House episodes or reviews in our back catalogue, let's take over past phaser reviews, past our last episode of Excapades we talked about, Sideshow Bob. And make sure to check out the Survivor's Age review at some point in our back catalogue before you listen to our inevitable review of In Your House It's Time. That'll catch you up on the middle portion of what's happened in between. It was like two, maybe even three years ago that we recorded that. Maybe my opinions will change, maybe some of them won't, but I think for the most part I can be confident. Most of the opinions in that podcast are pretty much the same. That said, it's awesome. Yes,
2: he is. He is. Who's the man? Said He's the, the man. man.
1: And who's. Who, who do we love? These people who continue to listen to this for over two hours. Hell
2: yes, these people who would listen to us maybe do a retrospective one. Whose side is Caleb with the K on? The inspiration? Or the influence? Or I beg
1: your question. Who cares? Here was a case here. I don't. Goodbye everyone. Bye.